Blog Talk Radio. Receive so far, it's been so hard. There's a few 
dudes to run, but they medulas ain't sharp, man, they so soft. Don't be thrown off, any Zolars. Avoid them at all costs, like raccoons or skunks. But back to the regular scheduled program. The program is sponsored by Seven Heaven. What else in hell can you get an open line to heaven at 11-11? Emerge at the other end of those meditation portals and elevated walk tools. Even some abort tools. Any questions, comments, or concerns, press one. To everyone else, thanks for attending another session. I'm pleased to teach, but it's an honor to learn. Certainly, courtesy of KTL University. Oh, please don't be frightened. I'm terribly sorry about this. You are. Radio, you are now rocking with the best. Yes, this is your host for the evening, the brother Red Pill, soon to be joined by my co-host, brother Blue Pill. All right, let me go up in this uh, studio and open up the line for my co-host. Peace, family. Thank you for joining us uh, on this very special episode. All right, parting us for the time, but uh, Blog Talk has, you know, special issues. But nonetheless, everything is all good. We have a very, very, very special episode for you tonight. You are all in tune for a very powerful presentation by our sister, Jaja Ali. All right, so we are going to jump right into the episode. So family, get your pens and pads, tell a friend to tell a friend, uh, update your Facebook pages, your social network page, social media pages, Instagram, Twitter, whatever it is. Let the family know that you want to know the ledge, all right? And then it's going down. Call it from the 347-273. Peace. Peace, peace. Peace, peace to the God. Peace, God. Always good with you. All is well. All is well. Peace to the family, all right? Peace to everybody out there that is listening to this live. Peace to the family that's going to be hearing us in the archive. I'm here, we in the building. Let's go. All right, all right. Your um Yes, yes indeed. Your phone, if you could get a, a little upgrade on the audio, um I'll we would we would appreciate that. Sounds a little muffled. I'm speaking directly into it. Okay. Better? Yes. All right. Yeah, it's better. It's better. Indeed. Indeed uh, Sister Jaja, if you are on the line, please press 1. Sister Jaja, if you're on the line, please press 1, and we will open up your line. The title of the show tonight, family, there's no compromise. We weren't able to do a description. Like I said, we were having blog talk issues, but the description or the details of our show tonight is our Sister Jaja Ali, the warrior goddess, is going to be on the show tonight touching on a multitude of issues that we have swarming around in today's uh, news cycle, as well as promoting her upcoming events that she has taking place in New York City and Atlanta, as well as other endeavors. But without any further ado, family, we'll let our sister Jaja uh, Ali come on the show and tell it to you. You know, she's going to give it to you herself. So without any further ado, family, 
please welcome our guest for the night, our sister, Jaja Ali. Call it from the 510. Peace. 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 How you doing, brother? Greetings. Greetings. All is well. Greetings. Happy, How are you? Happy to be here. I'm doing very well. Uh, thankful to be uh, with you brothers tonight and um, looking forward to building. Indeed. The feeling is mutual. We are honored to uh, have you here with us, you know, a frontline soldier such as yourself who has been doing a lot of work and uh, who has been definitely representing for the sisters on the front line, online, offline, you know, and all other lines, you know. (laughs) So uh, we just want to say salute, you know. Let's, yeah. Being on the front line ourselves, we know that this is not—it's not a walk in the park kind of thing. No. There's so many uh, factors clarity. that are. In. I want to give hmm? some clarity to that statement because she represents not only for the quote unquote sisters out there, but she represents for the brothers as well. She inspires the family. She lights the fire mm-hmm. in so many hearts of the brothers as well that's out there. You know what I'm saying? They stop me in the street. And they start engaging in conversation, and they just talk about, yeah, and the sister's out there, and it just makes me feel, you know what I mean? And it just pushes people, you feel me? Yeah. It gives people yeah. a, a different kind of impetus to move forward. And, of course, you know, people say, man, I wish it was more sisters like Zaza. <laughs> well, you so know, it's funny because it, 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 I... It gives hope. You know? Yeah, we did a we did a uh, a show an interview with Brother Rich on YouTube recently, and it was dealing with the Ray Rice situation. And I was reading through the comments, and about five or six people called me a feminist, and I was like, wow. Nah, you didn't like you you only heard the part that you wanted to hear. Like I I'm I'm for the sisters, no doubt, but I have an 11 year old son. You know what I'm saying? So. Mm-hmm. What good would I be doing him if I wasn't working and striving and doing everything in my power, using my voice to raise our men up? I mean, what are we going to do with a with a with a nation of strong, powerful, you know, um, gifted, intelligent black women, which is what I and other sisters are striving to help build, and our brothers get lost in the by the wayside? No, we're not having that. It's it's this ma'at. Everything that I stand for is is balance and reciprocity between the man and the woman. Indeed, indeed. You know what? And I want to make a, a a formal admittance on this program. I'm not even quite sure, hundred percent, what a feminist is. What is the definition of a feminist? Well, it depends on who you ask, um, but. The, the the I don't think that the the necessary definition of the word um, really deserves our focus. It's the root of where that uh, movement came from, and I, I I don't know if a lot of sisters know. And I've had this conversation before. I don't even understand why black women would label themselves as feminists. Um, feminism came out of the women's suffrage movement. And two okay. women in particular, uh, Elizabeth Caddy Stanton and Susan B. Anthony, uh, were responsible. They started okay. an organization called the White Women's Suffrage Movement, and that eventually evolved to women's suffrage, and then that eventually evolved into uh, feminism. So, you know, you can't pick the, the orange from the tree 
without going to the root to make sure that the fruit that you're eating is good for you. And I think that, you know, I was just watching this video about uh, Umar Johnson and this black feminist was responding to him, and everything she was saying was emotional and, you know, real dramatic, and, you know, she used a few cuss words for extra flair. But it was all fluff. And I'm I'm Mm. just at the point now where, you know, as sisters, we're really going to have to step our game up as far as, you know, we want our men to respect us. You know, we want to be um, looked at in a certain light. Um, But we have to earn that. And it's important that we understand what earning that is going to entail. Um, You know, of course, emotion is is important, uh, being intuitive and, and all of these wonderful gifts and characteristics that we have as women. But I think that sometimes our emotion gets in the way of us being rational and logical. I put up a post on Facebook some months ago. Uh, me and Griff were sitting eating at a, at a restaurant, and there was a young boy who was just out of control. He was three years old. Mother couldn't get his attention, couldn't get him to sit down, couldn't, couldn't get him to do anything. And, um, you know, we agreed you can tell when a child doesn't have a strong man in his life. And I put that on my Facebook page. You can, t- you can look at a child and tell when that child doesn't have a strong man in his life. Oh, the sisters went crazy. I raised my son. I raised my daughter. We didn't have any problems. My son is this now. My son is that now. You sending the wrong message. Too much emotion. Not enough logic. Not enough reasoning. I don't need to hear your life story to know that black children need black men in the household. I don't need to know that your son was an exception to the rule and grew up and turned into a strong man, you know, we, we we think about ourselves and we're not thinking about the whole picture, what it really is going to take for us to heal ourselves and to create functional, you know, human beings that can, that can erase all of the damage that has been done to us. So to, to the original question, uh, feminism is a shoot-off branch of the women's suffrage movement, and it was started by racist white women who were protected by white privilege, who actually were upset at the idea that black men, who they deemed inferior, I mean, it was clear that black men were inferior to white women, they were upset that black men were getting the right to vote before white women. So that's how that movement started. And I challenge any black feminist. The bomb squad. I take that. I challenge any black woman who calls herself a feminist to try to disconnect herself from that history. Uh, A black feminist wrote an article recently saying that she will not march for for Eric Garner, uh, and wrote this whole thing about. I read that courtesy of your yeah, it's insane. It's insane. I will not march for Eric Garner because black black women are victims and black women are this and black women are that. And I was telling another sister who wrote me this inbox, and she's a beautiful sister, saying, you know, I'm a feminist, but I'm not this and I'm not that. Well, every time you use that title, you have to separate yourself and say, well, yeah, I'm a feminist, but I'm not that type of feminist. I'm not with those women, but I'm, but I'm, 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 I'm championing women's rights. Why do you have to use their term? If we're the mother of civilizations, why don't you create a new one? That's like niggas walking around here saying, I call myself a nigger because I'm really a naga. Well, then call yourself a naga. <laughs> it's common sense. 
Yeah. And primarily I ask you that question because I see a lot of our sisters identifying with that label, you know, and um, I was just wondering, you know, what are they necessarily trying to align themselves with by identifying with that label, by flying that flag, you know what I'm saying? I, I just, I don't get it. So Well, and let me say this, ask. brother. Let me say this. I, I don't want it to seem like I'm, you know, like I don't understand the plight of the black woman. I mean, I can run down a list of things. This whole Ray Rice thing has really blindsided me to the amount of hatred that a lot of our brothers have towards women. Um, so I don't want to make it seem like I'm just, you know, skip to my loo, just denying the reality of the hardship that sisters are facing. No, that's not the case. What yeah. I'm saying is that we as women, as black women in particular, we haven't really, because we've been the glue in our communities, we haven't really had to have our coats pulled. We haven't really had to sit down and really look at, take, a, take an honest assessment of, of, of what we've given birth to. Uh, through our bodies and the generations that have come out of our wombs. Look at homosexuality right now. Look at look at the, the look at the, the the young girls and the young boys walking around here trying to be something that they're not. I mean, I don't I don't have a problem with you addressing women's rights, but address abortion. Address women molesting young boys. Address the stripping and the whore culture. Address worshiping celebrities. Women worshiping celebrities address the hair care industry. I saw that video you guys did with Sonetta and them sisters threatening to call the police because they got upset because you you're trying to start a dialogue. That's insanity. Address the gossipy and the bitchy and the cattiness that black women have uh, amongst each other. I address overweight black women. I've never seen so many overweight Whoa. sisters in my life since I came to Atlanta. Never. Address genetically modified food. Address chemtrails. Don't just sit back and talk about woe is me, you know, the, 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 the victimization. That's not the stance that we need to take right now in order to get our power back. Yes, we've been victimized. Or, yes, yeah. we've been oppressed. And also address the, the mentality of corporate slavery and the fact that, you know, the uh, – I don't I don't feel like the black woman through the education system and through the post civil rights, you know, uh rearing was even brought up to do for self. They were they were not given that option. They were not given that mentality. So when we look at the conditions that our people are in because of our buying power and, you know, the the, the, the uh the inferior position that we are in as a result of not spending our money wisely, we're not, you know, it, it's, you can't have that conversation. You can't, you know what I mean? It's like, how dare you even try to bring that up to a sister who, you know, she's independent, you know what I mean? I, I, I make my own money, but you don't work for yourself, sister. Like, you're, you're, you're empowering a corporate entity that never gave back, that never will give back. You know, you even the history of these of these corporations that you run and work for, you don't even you're not even familiar with that. These corporations have no no they pledge no allegiance to anything that you're dealing with. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, besides well, some of these phantom charities that they start popping up with, you know, we're gonna walk right. with breast cancer, we're gonna jog for thyroid mm-hmm. fibroids and stuff like that, and it's like 
even that's a farce when you look at it at the end of the day because you're not you're you're not marching for Dr. Savy's cure, you're not marching for you know the holistic community. You 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 know we're not walking. Nobody is is, is admitting that these things have been cured already. So it's still it's still it's still empty at the end of the day, you know. So well, and I really know, um, did you, look did forward. Brother, I think the, the other brother wanted to say something because I want to respond to what you just said, but I didn't want to uh, cut him off. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I just wanted to interject. I was, I was going to say I want to play devil's advocate, and that was a very uncomfortable position, so I'm not even going to go there. Uh, but what about these corporations that say, well, we're employing these women, and by proxy we're strengthening the black family because they're bringing home extra income and they're able to feed these children, and that's our form of giving back. That's our form of advocacy for the black family, you know? At the end of the day, we are a corporation that is for profit, and that's what we're concerned with, our bottom line, and not necessarily the stability of quote-unquote family. Well, let me address what the, what, what uh, he said first. There's a difference between buying power and staying power. <laughs> we have buying power. Mm-hmm. We don't have any staying power. There was a, a, a report that was done uh, and released in 2011 that said that the black woman had a net worth, and the average black woman had a net worth of $5. Net worth, wow. you take all debt out of the equation. So we're taking the car payment, we're taking the mortgage, we're taking the rent, the we're taking the credit cards, we're taking the hair care, we're taking everything that you spend every month, and we factor that into the equation, and then we turn around and say, this is what you have left that month after you pay all your bills. There's no such thing as being an independent woman if you have a car payment. You're not independent. You don't own your car. There's no such thing as being an independent woman if you have a mortgage, if you pay rent. You are not independent. You're depending on (laughs) many things to be factored in in order for your roof to stay over your head. And, you know, it's funny that anytime you deal with corporations, you're dealing with capitalism. Capitalism requires three things: land, labor, and uh, land, labor, and assets. We don't have land. Mm-hmm. We don't have assets. What are we? We're the laborers. So even if you have a service job in a corporation where you have a nice, cozy office, you're still considered a laborer. You are feeding the system. At any given moment, you can be laid off. You may get a severance package. You may not. But the thing that I that I noticed is that most of our sisters have absolutely no long-term planning. That same, sto- that same study that talked about, um, about the, the black woman having an, having an average net worth of worth of $5, the white woman's average net worth is 41000 That's just the single white woman. When you factor in the man, it goes up above, above 100000 The sisters who, owned, who made more than $80,000 a year still have the same net worth because they spent, they bought bigger houses, they bought bigger cars, more expensive cars, they spent more money on their cost of living. So even if you're in a corporation and you're making a lot more money, you aren't saving any money, you aren't building anything for longevity for your children or your children's children or your family. So in the bigger scheme of things, for the majority, I'm not talking about all, but for many of our sisters, we may look good on the outside. 
we may be rocking $1,200 shoes and $2,000 purses, but we have no long-term planning. Uh, and not only that, we're rotten on the inside. You sit down and talk mm. to a lot of these sisters. They have no cultural connection. You talk about doing a fibroids walk. They've made the link that fibroids in black women is directly connected to perms. How many how many sisters are have had their uteruses, their wombs removed because they couldn't stop bleeding due to fibroids, not even realizing that the perms that they put in their hair for 10, 15, 20, 30 years destroyed their bodies. <laughs> and these are women who, you know, who think that they're so intelligent, and they are intelligent, but it's the simple things that we're looking over. We're living to keep up with the Joneses opposed to, really having that collective communal type of uh, m- mindset. And in a way, <clears throat> and correct me if I may be in error or wrong or whatnot, but I've spoken to some elders, and some of the elders informed me that the wisdom that was, you know, handed down to the younger generations by the older generations especially when it came to things such as health um, and ways on how to heal oneself, utilizing herbs and natural remedies, you know, that backyard stuff that grandma used to, you know, the concoctions that she used to make. Right, right. And they were also, they were also wary of Europeans and the remedies of Europeans and also some of the, um, you know, just, just, just going into listening and trusting what Dr. Oz is saying or what Dr. Phil is saying or, you know, with anybody with a white coat on is saying. That was something that our forefathers and our foremothers were not very easily, you know, because they went through that, um, you know, Jim Crow era. They went through that pre-civil rights era. They went through a lot of and they knew who to trust and who not to trust. But it somehow seems that the children of those elders, the children, you know, the the, uh, the our generation, the ones who came afterwards in the 70s and the 80s and things of that nature in the 90s, they are very, um, they put they put a lot of their trust and they put a lot of their faith into these once again corporate entities that they are that are, you know because the quote unquote like you said the independent woman will not be independent if it were not, you know, she she won't be calling herself an independent when she gets laid off. So she has right. a certain trust for corporate America. She has a certain allegiance to corporate America because corporate America pays for the facade. Corporate America keeps her, you know, keeps that $5, that $5 net worth popping. You know what I mean? Corporate yeah. America funds a lot of the things that she, you know, unknowingly, because I will never say that our sisters are doing this knowingly because sisters that I know, they're not that crazy. You know what I mean? Like they, they, they're not, they, they're not, they, they care. For, I know that they care for themselves. I just know that they've been misinformed because they live in this society in this capitalistic society where they have been, they have been targeted as consumer slaves. Mm-hmm. So yeah. these Europeans and these corporations and this capitalistic system is pitching and throwing everything at us, and nothing is really good for us at the end of the day because we are able to take a a, um, um, a, a case study. We're able to step back as a as a nation, as a group of people, and make a case study out of millions of our people at this point because it's already twenty to thirty to forty years in. So we can step back 
like you were saying earlier, when you look at the condition of the household, when you look at the generations post-crack era, when you look at the generations post-fast food and GMO era, you can take a concerted look and you can take a non-biased approach and say, look, from a scientific point of view, shit is fucked up. Pardon my French. Like, we really no, got, no, you know, something so really happened that, that that nobody is really manning to address. No one is no one is brave enough to address on a global, international, you know, stage and put that out there in the front of the world that we've been duped. Like, there, there's a chemical war that is taking place, and it's still taking place because the lights are still off. Nobody has turned them on to the degree where, you know, the average person is aware. Because there's a lot of right. people writing books and things of that nature, and they're raising alarm and whatnot. But at the end of the day, because of the distraction, because we have to keep up with the Jones, because we're in an in, in in um, indentured servitude sort of uh, uh, position, you know what I mean, especially in, in these big cities like New York and things of that nature, where you just focused on that nine to five. You, you really just overbroke. So you never really yeah. have time through listening to, you know, with the with the girls on Love and Hip Hop want to argue about this week or with the basketball wives want to gossip about why they sipping tea like Kermit right. and this other person and these other things or who's sleeping with who or who left who and what rapper is gay and what rapper is wearing the dresses. You know, you'll never really have time to hear about, and let's not talk about the hood room, you know, gossip that goes on with the people on Facebook right. and stuff like that. People in their 50s and 40s, and they still gossiping on Facebook and Instagram. I hear about this stuff. I see it. So right. they really don't leave no time for real information. They run from real information because to them it's too heavy. It's not glossy. Yeah, this shit don't have, it, it, there's no lip gloss on it. They don't, they don't want it. You know, it's you said so many things um, that that are like absolutely spot on. Um, Joy DeGru said that that for generations now we have been learning from broken people, and you mm. know when I look back at the civil rights era, and then I look back at you know at, at some point in the middle of all that they dropped the ball. And we have to acknowledge that they dropped the ball because mm-hmm. we right now in 2014, we're walking a fine line between really doing something and dropping the ball. And 50 years mm-hmm. from now, they're going to be talking about us and what we did or what we didn't do because if we don't do something right now, it's only going to get worse. And I don't even see how it can get worse than it is now. But, um, you know, we had the civil rights movement. We had these small uh, you know, really small, minuscule changes that happen on a political scene. And a lot of our people fell back. A lot of our people got complacent. Now, fast forward, crack cocaine comes onto the scene. You see, we don't, we don't understand what we're dealing with. I always tell people God didn't make niggas. The white man made niggas. So we got to deal yeah, with the, the creation. We got to deal with the niggas, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? But we got to deal with the one who created the niggas because they can keep creating niggas. You know what I'm saying? So when we look the at upgraded crack cocaine, version. exactly, crack cocaine took out half of my family. I can, I can tell you right now on two hands, uncles, aunties, family members that, that were completely destroyed from crack cocaine and, and the, 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 the effect, the impact that it had on the children looking at the children mm-hmm. and the, the dysfunction that I see in all of them. 
So what we're doing is we're standing back and looking at what's happened to our people, and we're not really going to the root, the science, the psychology, the sociology, the real impact of this chemical and biological war. Um, there's a video, a DVD called Rex 84, where um, where uh, um, Alex Jones is interviewing uh, this doctor, and he talks about um, this doctor named Stanley Monteith, and he talks about, and I've gone back and, and did the research on the studies that he quoted because I'm using this in my book, but he talks about the fact that higher levels of fluoride are being intentionally diverted into black communities. And if you know anything about fluoride and the lead connection and the metals that are being found in the water in inner cities all across the country, they lead to violence and they lead to aggression. So we're standing back and looking at, you know, South Central. We're looking at East Oakland. We're looking at Chicago. We're looking at certain parts of New York and scratching our head trying to figure out what's wrong with our young men. There's a scientific war going on. But if we keep standing back and trying to pretend like it's not happening, like chemtrails and aluminum and sodium and uh, barium, strontium, being rained down on our heads like it's not impacting melanated people in a certain type of way, we're never going to fix the problem. And this is the thing when I talk about sisters being educated, studying right now. You don't like history? Okay, deal with right now. Study and see what's happening to our people. You know, you teach a man, you teach an individual, you teach a woman, you teach a nation. Where are the teachers, the women that are coming up that understand the severity of what we're facing that can stand up in a room full of knuckleheaded, thugged out, twisted hair, high off weed, you know, whatever the problem is, that can get them in a room and talk to them and get them to sit up straight and listen those are the sisters I'm trying to reach. I don't care about the, the know-it-alls. I don't care about the incense burning, Fulani earrings, ankh wearing, you know, peace, my brother. I, I love all of my people, but those are not the ones I'm trying to reach because we have a large, we have a, the majority of our people are lost. The majority of our people are lost. And it's going to be those warriors in the hood. We were speaking in Macon, Georgia. I said, you better get to know that young thug on the corner because he might save your life one day. So I'm a student of Elijah Muhammad, and, and it always, you know, impacted me when he said that young wino that's sitting outside that don't know, you know, who he is or has any idea of what's happening in the world right now. He can do exactly what I'm doing. And that's what me and Griff are trying to do. We're trying to raise people, not followers. We don't want to be saviors. We got the savior complex too bad, too too bad right now. Every different you know organization that I go into, we were in a in a in a business earlier today. I'm not going to say which organization it was, but there's always a savior. There's always that one. We want to create a generation of self saviors. That's what we're trying to do. Yeah, no, we are totally laid out, yeah. You laid out the entire we list. Yeah, um, it's real. Interesting thing happened with me and my brother this week. Um, one of our childhood friends made transition, a brother by the name of Bullet. And um, he's a Haitian. He's of Haitian descent, right? We We, we come out of Flatbush. Uh, Brooklyn, which is um, a Caribbean enclave, okay? It's a melting pot. 
for all things Caribbean, Trinidadians, Jamaicans, Haitians, Panamanians, you name it, we all grew up together. And um, it was real interesting because we returned back home, you know, and he's very popular, so a lot of people came out. Hundreds of people came out to the wake. And, um, you know, we were able to return back to people who knew us when we were babies, you know. And it's always the people who know you on an intimate level like that they could really assess, you know, because they, 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 they're your points of reference. They know where you came from. So when you right. return back home, they're like, damn, look at you, brother. I can <laughs> see the light. Like I, you know what I mean? Because they, they know what you, they know things about you that you don't even remember. They, 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 they right. see things in you that you probably never saw in yourself. And right. standing out there amongst all of these brothers who, you know, depending on a person's, you know, um, testicular fortitude, they probably would be in that crowd and be very nervous. You, you understand mm. what I'm saying? You know, depending mm. on where a person came from or how they're used to being around certain people, they, they probably would be nervous for no reason at all. But, it, you know, but these brothers were warriors. There's a lot of warriors out there. And, you know, I was just standing there, you know, looking around, saying to myself, like, this is who I'm doing this for. Right. Even if even even uh, if it's even if it was even if it was unconsciously like the same dream that my brother Bullet had is the same dream that me and my brother had and we, we all talked about this when we were eleven and ten years old and the dream was to leave Flatbush. You know what I mean? Alive to get off of those corners and make it just leave somewhere. And I traveled around the world and he traveled around the world too. Like he probably, he made, fur, he made it further than I did. And these were seeds that were planted when we were babies. You know, and me and my brother, we took our route. He took his route. He was in the hip hop world. He was a manager. And we took out, we went into the industry too. And we came out and we got into this new industry that's called conscious community, you know, and those brothers and sisters that I was standing out there, I love each one of them with all of my heart because that is my family right there. They help keep us, you know, they, they just help us be who we are, who we are. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, you know, I and I owe them a lot. And they're not conscious of, you know, their history, but... If, if if I had a dollar or if I had five dollars for the, uh, the amount of people that was coming up to me, that was telling me, "Yo, son, I will ride for you, bro. I'll, I'll do anything that you brothers need us to do. We know what y'all doing. We see the videos. We hear about what you're doing. Please keep doing what you're doing. This is right. the hood. They're yeah. not supposed to be watching and listening. Like they're supposed to be." you know, doing the Schmurder dance and other things like <laughs> but it just showed me that what we are doing out here, each one of us, we're impacting our generation in ways that it, it, it may we may not see we may not see there's the ticket silent, tape parade. There's a silent majority out there that are watching what's being done and are highly appreciative, you know, but they're obviously they still feel some level of displacement 
and a lot of them feel that there's not a bridge. They see a moat instead of a bridge can't necessarily cross over, and that thing has to change. Like you said, it has to go back to street advocacy. It has to go from corner to corner like all of the greats did it. Nobody did it, and it was effective, did it different. You know what I'm saying? Everybody followed the same template. The people that we're talking to are in these streets. Right. And, you know, I... um Man, I, I'm I'm tell, I know exactly what you're talking about. I grew up in in East Oakland. Um, you know, during the time when when you know in the shadows of the Panthers, but but crack cocaine had already come in and kind of you know set the tone for um, you know mm-hmm. turf wars and and murders and you know all these different this just insanity in the hood. Zombies walking around. You know, you worrying about people breaking into yeah. your house. Um, but I've seen over the course of my life so many brothers that has so much potential. I'm talking about lyricists. I'm talking about businessmen. I'm talking about motivational speakers. I'm talking about comedians. I'm talking about mm-hmm. fathers. I saw so many brothers that just couldn't break free from that hold of the streets, but that had potential to be CEOs and world rulers and, and geniuses. So the the thing that 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 I know me and Grip are striving to do, and I know that that's the same thing that we on the same page is, how do you get the block boy to see the God in himself? How do you get a brother who don't know nothing but you know taking a taking his package and and hiding his stash and serving and serving his knocks? That's what we call him in California. How do you get him to see the God in himself and to put that bag down and to pick up a book? And to find himself, because that's all we all trying to do through religion, through African history, through Moorish science, through all of these different mm-hmm. ideologies. All we're really looking for is ourselves, and that's what I always tell women when they write me. The God so, particle. The God particle. The fingerprint of God. That's what we're exactly. looking for. It's in, it's in all of us. You know, what do I read? What book do I read? How do I, you know, I, I love you so much. I love your mind. I want to try to be like you. No. What you're really looking for is yourself. That's the first thing you have to realize. And That's all right. of the lessons aren't, aren't going to be in the book. The most important lessons are going to be from experience. But, you the know, when I did the, the book of life, exactly, when I did that I Self, Lord, and Master lecture when I was in New York, I put up pictures of sisters who made these really intricate and beautiful braided hair designs, and I matched them to different images in nature. So flowers, the spiral, which, of course, we know is the fingerprint of God um, mm-hmm. uh, or that God particle, um, you know, all these really fine, beautiful hairstyles that you can't even go to school to learn. It's already in us. You know what I'm saying? And Griff talked mm-hmm. about into that genetic code and going, being able to retrace. Right now, if they pulled our DNA and put it in a lab and put it under a microscope, you can trace your lineage back millions and millions and millions of years. No, we're not just talking about Lucy in Africa. We're talking about millions, if not billions of years, our g- genetics can be traced back to the creator. So we have to be able, it's, it's too many brothers and sisters that's preaching to the choir right now. I'm sorry. we got a lot of people that's talking to people that already know this information, that already have this information. And we need to get out there in the streets and, and fine-tune our language so we can speak in layman's terms. You know, it's easy to go in a room full of people who think like you, 
Wisdom is when you can go in a room full of knuckleheads and raise them up. You know what I'm saying? So that's the challenge that we have to get in the room with the knuckleheads and with the girls who think twerking is where it's at and, you know, got got ass shots everywhere and think the only thing that she has is her waist-to-ass ratio. What you going to tell that young sister about being God? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That's the challenge that we have to invoke on ourselves and challenge our peers because you're my peer, Sonetta. Ali Muhammad, uh, Umar Abdullah Muhammad, uh, Johnson, um, these are our peers. And whether we agree with everything Fact. each other's point or not, there's a whole generation of young people that are studying everything that we say and do, everything. Yes, they That's are. Power. It's, it's responsibility. We have to, we have to use that because ego is getting in the way. You know what I'm saying? Ego is, is really stifling our progress. It's always about the people. It's never about one person. It's always about the people. We got to remember that. Now, one of I want to hold on. Can I add on real quick, Blue? All right, all right, please. No, you were adding on. I want you to add on, bro. So I was just sharing with um. Sister Zaza, that one of my uh, sayings that I love to share with the family is that I was an avid watcher of Voltron when we were younger. You know, um, the Voltron concept, I apply that to consciousness, to the conscious community. And I say that, you know, Somewhere and somehow the concept of individuality seeped into the community, like you said, on that ego train. And the way that I see it, this whole experience that we're having is akin to what I loved about Voltron for the simple fact that the red lion was never as more important than the blue lion, was no more important than the green, was no more important than the yellow, was no more important than the black, okay? They all played their position, and they all had a part to play. And when they came together, when they were being attacked by the beast, they always showed you in the cartoon that there was no one lion that was powerful enough to defeat the beast by him or herself. They always were compromised and defeated, and they always had to come to the conclusion that it was in their best interest. Look, we need to form Voltron right now and kick this nigga's ass like he's going in. And then they came together, and then the sword came out. It would light on fire, the flaming sword, and they would cut the beast in half. We have these groups, and we have these organizations that are commanding the attention of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people and right. groups. So I'm talking about the Hebrew Israelites who we just had on our show. We brought three of the different brothers from different camps together on our last show on Tuesday. Uh, the Hebrew war machine is what they call themselves. And they individually, or those three brothers, I don't even know about the different groups, but those three brothers from the from what I can see command about 100,000 soldiers and warriors. Because you know our Hebrew Israelite brothers are very militant. Those are our warriors, okay? Mm-hmm. And um, we have brothers like Umar, 
who control, who have the command or he has the attention and he has the support of hundreds of thousands. Right. You two alone command and, 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 and have the ears and the hearts and minds of hundreds of thousands of people. You know, I could go on days. We got the Nation of Islam. We have all of these lions with a common goal and a common enemy and a common foe, an open enemy at that. And we've never fought Voltron. Right. And can you the imagine lions how lions never how came started? together ever? Huh? You're right. I, you're right. And can can you imagine? You know the the arm <laughs> looking down at the leg and saying, "Well, you're not. You know, you're not me. You don't have fingers. <laughs> you're just the leg. You're not the arm. I have a more powerful position than you. You know, it's like yeah. I, I'm I'm seeing yeah. this, this thing where it's like, you know, well, you're not a moor, yeah. so you're not. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to hear anything you have to say or. You know, why y'all have black stuff? Why you keep saying black? Yeah, why the beast is freestyling on you. Freestyling. And not only that, the beast beast is already prepared for 100 and 200 years from now. We living for today. They've already got their plan, their schedule. They are right on target for 100 years from now. It's already written. We are. If most of us can't think, can't see past this year. Can I briefly interject? Yes, sir. Okay. Now, what do we do? That we do live in what appears to be the age of individualism. That we may be talking about something or the effects of something, without necessarily addressing the cause of it. And the fact that we look at the fact that we're part of a culture that is dictated mostly by music and entertainment. Right. And when that music and entertainment, when we look at that music and entertainment and we see that the the, the groups are no longer groups, every group that we know that has come along has disintegrated, you know what I'm saying, and broken into the individual. Right. Like the NC and the DJ is no longer together. You know what I'm saying? That dynamic doesn't even exist. So if we're talking about a template and we also live in a society that reinforces, like you're talking about, a charismatic leader, right? And we're always being shown in our history evidence of charismatic leaders. They speak of the the organizations, but those organizations are highlighted or headed by charismatic leaders. So if this is all that the people are being fed, right, and then you have mm-hmm. a situation where children were raised in an environment more than likely where they didn't have the paternal support that they needed in order to be nurtured by love, so that child always wanted to be somebody. Now that child has a platform, right, where that child can, their their, their inner ability for leadership, their inability for intelligence, you know, their inability to speak out and captivate. You know, that's that child that used to speak up in class and be the class clown, and everyone paid that child attention, and that's how that child got his attention. Mm-hmm. And now that child has mm-hmm. a platform where it can now speak up and act a fool in front of millions or just sound very intelligent, which is still acting, right, 
just to command the attentions of millions and is playing with consciousness. You know, where does one go where those individuals have pretty much lodged themselves into the consciousness of this particular situation? They are charismatic. People are gravitated towards them, but we know that they're playing games. And they're not going to put the people before them because it's about self-aggrandization. And not only that, but this particular time seems to support the age of the individual because we might be stuck or trying to figure things out, but the wheels of time continue to spin. So are we looking at it astrologically to see, okay, does, does the cosmos even support this group unity that we're talking about? If organizations are economic-based, is it even feasible to say the Voltron conformers is not part of that organization's economic bottom line? Is it good right. for business for that organization to say, or I, you know, I'm a more, but I recognize this brother, you know what I'm saying, is coming with the uh, the flag of RBG or, you know what I'm saying, this particular flag. That, and what it is that makes them strong is their doctrine or what it is that makes them uh, viable in society is whatever sort of dogmatic way that they've come up to say we are this person because of that and this is where we're going. Everyone has an agenda. And we are having a unified agenda. So we're asking people to now to sacrifice that, throw all of that out when everyone thinks that they're the ones that have the answers to collectively come at a table and nobody don't trust one another. People really don't like one another. You know what I'm saying? These are the things that we're not talking about. And then other people, like I said, have have been denuded for so long from actually feeling or thinking that they are somebody that they don't want to let this thing go because this is the thing that makes them feel actually complete. And they know in order to to keep that, they got to keep that show on. Yeah. True indeed, Blue. So we're, we're I would agree with you to a degree. So I, I would agree with you to a degree, but I just want to add on this one thing, and then, Sister Jaja, I don't want to take up, you know, your time. But I would agree with everything that you said if I never attended one of these events to take place annually in Atlanta and in New York and also when we go out to these lectures and we come and congregate as a, as a, as a community and we come and form in a, in a subtle way and the energy that we give off, Sister uh, Jajali, we were together at the Malcolm X Fest this summer yes. in Atlanta. Facts? Yes. Okay. Yes. Can you describe the kind of energy that was present when all of our people were coming together? I mean, it was it was very powerful. It was very um, uh, inspiring, you know, um, just to see all the different, you know, everything the the kufi wearing, the the dashikis, the you know, obviously the Hebrew Israelites, the the brothers mm-hmm. off the street, you know, the sisters. I mean, every shade, every hairstyle, every different and, you know facet of who we are, and it was all love. You, you, you're from the hood, right? I'm straight from the hood. <laughs> and you, you've been in you've been in you've been in situations and you've been in crowds and you've been in events where people don't like each other, but niggas don't like each other, right? Unfortunately, yes. 
and you know that there's a there's a there's a certain uh, uh, tension and energy that you just can't like. People ain't that good of an actor. You can't hide it because the tension gets into the air, correct? And you can right, cut it with correct. a butter knife. Right. Okay, so I don't care about what people say out of the side of their necks, and I don't care about what people comment on these. Our people love each other. I don't care what nobody. When we come together, the love is 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 is, is, is undeniable. Mm-hmm. We put situations in front of us that are occurring in social media and in other places where people are allowed to be, you know, um, more juvenile and a little more niggerish than they know that they would be in your face and things of that nature. And we let that dictate where we are as a community. Because I always see it on Facebook. Oh, I can't stand being conscious. It's a bunch of da-da-da-da-da. People just want to argue. And and I'm like, no, they're arguing because we're on social media. You, you're not seeing people face-to-face. You're not touching palms. The re- you're online. It's not organic. You know what I'm saying? Like we're doing something that's not even real. So you're getting results that are not going to be what, what it is that they could be. You know what I mean? Right. Let's stop taking our experiences that we're having on social media with people hiding behind computer screens and, 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 like, marrying that about where we are as a people because those two things are not the real – that's not the real thing. When we come together, like when you, was in that, when you was at that lecture in New York and all of these different people were together, you know what I'm saying? I'm sure you were seeing faces and hearing names from all over YouTube and all of this other stuff. It was still love in the building. Now let me say this. I agree with everything you said. I I'm I'm with you hundred percent. This is where the rubber meets the road because when you said when we come together, all of those things are true. The problem comes when we all leave to go home. Because then right. it becomes is this a is this a you know, we have we have I call them uh uh emotional orgasms as a people, right? So we mm-hmm. come together different events, we come together for lectures, we put all these energy into all of these, you know, substantive events that we need to have to feed our souls. The issue is that we don't take that energy and move out into our different corners of the world and carry it on. And I and, and this is the thing, and I tell sisters this all the time. When I get up, right, and I speak and you come up to me, some of the sisters will come up to me, show me love, you know, that's cool. But if you didn't hear me speak, and I was just a black woman who walked into the room, if you were serving me at a counter or we, we caught eyes somewhere, would you look at me mm-hmm. sideways because I'm light-skinned and because my hair is a certain type of texture? See, this is the thing mm-hmm. that we're dealing with, and, and I never thought that in the conscious, quote-unquote conscious community, that this would be an issue that I'm having to deal with. But this is a real issue going out amongst all these different beautiful women, beautiful, all different walks of life. It's an issue. So to his original point about the individualist mind, I always tell people each one of us should have a skill, something that will contribute towards nation building. So this is a short-term and long-term goal. We need plumbers. We need teachers. We need carpenters. We need everything that you can possibly think of to create a society. Everybody should be on their job right now developing some sort of skill. We need to be shopping black. And that doesn't only mean, you know, shopping at black-owned businesses. 
when you go buy your car, when you go in Nordstrom to buy your shoes, because we know some sisters and brothers just not going to stop buying $200 True Religion jeans. When you go into mm-hmm. the store, are you looking for that black salesman? Are you making sure that they get that commission? Because they are getting a commission. When you go buy your car, are you looking for that black salesman? When you get your house, are you looking for a black mortgage banker, real estate agent? These are all things, you know, I'm in Decatur now, and it's, it's black people, the, uh, the whole community is black. And then I see white, you know, carpenters and HVAC people pull up to the house. I'm like, bruh, you couldn't find right, a brother? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That could come and service your air conditioning. We in Atlanta. They everywhere. So I think these are small steps that we can take. And when we leave the festivities, when we leave the Malcolm X events and all of the different festivities that we have across the country, we have to take that information back and give it to the people who are never going to make it to those events. Because when you go into, when I go into East Oakland, into the hood, it's desolate. The businesses are closed down. The sisters walking around half-naked. The brothers don't even keep their hygiene no more. They got dread. They're not even cleaning them. They're listening to this music that's poisoning their spirit. We have to be the Mm -hmm. light bearers for our people who don't have access to those type of events. But we should be recharging at those type of events and then moving out as soldiers to go back and save our people. Well, to add on to what you said, I wanted to say in response to what Brother read those events, that maybe that's the answer, you know what I'm saying? When we congregate amongst ourselves, the love is there. Mm-hmm. When we are outside of that setting, right, when in Rome. So, <laughs> you know, and this has been the ongoing series that I've been doing with, with Brother Rich as well, just trying to point things out to people without being too, you know, you, 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 just showing you like, look, when in Rome, we, you know, chances are we're going to do as Romans do, especially right. if you're not cognizant of it. So right. we get back into this toxic environment, and it just becomes us, you know what I'm saying? Because right. uh, environment dictates, you know, activity, you know, especially if you're not 110% cognizant of that. Yes. So we need to make that active effort towards creating community, you know what I'm saying? Something that can mm-hmm. start off very small. If we're congregating in parks, then that's about four or five acres. You know, yeah. amongst us all, we, you know what I'm saying? We can't create our own thing and solidify a, a, a wall around that and just build right. it in our own. And I was, as I was saying, like, we keep referencing Tulsa. Like, when are we going to redeem Tulsa? You know what I'm saying? When are we going to make conscientious steps towards saying, I'm going to take that model. Tulsa was built on 40 acres. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When are we going to make the conscientious move to say, we're going to build our own Tulsa, yeah. right? And stop being worried about what the consequences were for the last Tulsa. We learn from that, and we plan accordingly. Because mm-hmm. if you're telling me that the chances are one out of two, then I'm going to get killed by the NYPD by walking down the block or choked out standing on 125th Street, then my chances are better building community, you know what I'm saying, and going right. out. Because right. you're telling me I'm going to die anyway. Right. Facts. Real talk. Mm-hmm. That's real talk. Yep. And I would so, I would add to that, you know, you said take small steps. 
I always say, um, you know, people always, you know, it's, it's this thing now where, you know, don't talk about the problem if you don't have a solution. Everybody want to come to the table and cut you off while you're in the middle of trying to help us understand the severity of what we're facing. Well, I don't want to hear that. What's the solution? Be the solution. Be the solution. Mm-hmm. When, we, when there are black children in our presence, I don't care if we have lectures, if you're at the corner store, if you're at the gas station, if you're at the movies, if there is a black child in your presence, you need to be on post. That becomes your child, wherever we are, whatever we're doing. That's the way we have to start looking out for our children because hundreds of thousands of our babies are coming up missing every Miss- year. Yeah. Missing, gone, never to be found again. So anytime a child is around you, you need to be on point. The other thing is, you know, I hear a lot of people, people always talk to, call us, you know, it's like, if you're not talking about sovereignty, you're not talking about anything. If you're not talking about mental health, you're not talking about anything. If you're not talking about economics, you know, you're not talking about anything. If you're not, it's like everybody thinks they know that thing that needs to be dealt with. We spend $1.3 trillion a year in the United States economy, $1.3 trillion. That's not even including what our athletes and what our entertainers and what our, uh, you know, the, 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 no, the pop no. culture. That's that not even included in the black market. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, don't tally that's that. not included in the um, I said over trillion. That's not even, and, and and we could we could do a whole other show talking about uh, 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 um, uh, God. I just lost my train of thought. Um, you know the organs being removed and and what's being sold there. Organ that, trafficking. Whole, organ trafficking. Sex mm-hmm. trafficking. Israeli pipeline too. Eight year old baby just got you know in Maryland. She's gone. They think she's been sold off. I mean, there's actually a a industry for black children to be sold off and become sex slaves. So, you know, if we're not serious now, I don't know what it's going to take for us to get serious. But the $1.3 trillion, we have the money. It's the mind. we got to get to our people's wow. minds. We have to get them to tap, undo all of this psychological, social, you know, all this damage. I know so many of our people who, who are so stuck in what happened to them in their childhood. Fathers left, you know, a, a lot mm-hmm. of these brothers have mommy issues, too. I'm just going to keep it 100. A lot of these brothers yeah, yeah, yeah. have mothers who did not properly nurture them, who did not breastfeed them, who hated them being in their wombs, who did not want children, and all of that energy has just manifested itself in their lives. So we're talking really? about oh. hurt people walking around hurt people. We can't stop acting like it's not happening and thinking that, you know, once we have money and once we pull our resources that everything is going to just, you know, just just automatically just change. Dr. Francis Chris Wilson said we need to be the most serious people on the planet. We are the most degraded people in the world. At what point do black people wake up and fight this war? That is her exact quote, and I use it all the time because – we don't have time to be sitting around arguing about whether Beyonce and Jay Z are getting a divorce. We don't. <laughs> we don't. We um I haven't spoken to you since some of these situations have made headline news. Um, in particular, you mentioned it earlier with the Ray Rice situation. Right. I have not had the honor of listening to your past interview on a 
Underground Railroad with our brother Rich. Shout out to brother Rich. Mm-hmm. And you did mention earlier, a uh, little while ago, about these issues that the family is carrying on into their quote-unquote adulthood that has affected them during childhood. Mm-hmm. I was wondering whether you wanted to address the abuse issue that is somewhat unspoken of in our community. And I'm not only talking about domestic abuse, but I'm also talking about uh, what your upcoming lecture will be about here in New York and Atlanta well, and that's child abuse. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's the thing. You know, I had no idea until I kept meeting sister after sister after sister after sister after sister sister that was telling me that they were inappropriately dealt with as children by family members. Right. Right. And, you know, I had a uh, a homosexual man try to challenge me because I, I made the connection between homosexuality and molestation. And I said, you know, it's logic that a young girl who was taken advantage of by some savage in her family or just in the streets, that she would grow up to detest men. And and gravitate more towards you know the compassion and the nurturing of a woman. That's common sense. Of a woman. To me, it's, it's common sense that a young boy who was raped or molested by another man would grow up and question his sexuality because you know children internalize everything and if they think it's their fault. Mm-hmm. So young brothers think, well, I must have done something to bring this on. I must be gay, and then end up living a lifestyle of homosexuality. Um, you know, I was watching the the video of Omar and um, and uh, the, this black feminist, and he said something. He said black women have been victimized by their own power. In a sense, that's true, but that statement is very incomplete because it lacks accountability for the victimization that black women have suffered at the hands of black men. And I don't hear enough brothers actually talking about that. I grew up seeing my sister being beat on by her husband. I actually had to pull a knife out on him when I was in a when I was a preteen. So I've seen domestic violence. I've seen women get battered and bruised and turned out and put on a strip uh to become holes and you know all of these different things at the hands of men. I've also seen women, you know, put other women in a position to be uh, victimized and to be oppressed. So um, molestation, be it emotional, be it uh, physical, spiritual, these things, these are dark family secrets that we're carrying around and we're not actually dealing with. And I was talking about uh, when we did the, uh, we did an interview the other day, uh, I can't remember who, but I was ta- oh, with uh, Irritated Jeannie, and we were talking about the fact that uh, a lot of boys and men were raped during slavery, and we don't mm-hmm. talk about that. And right. we wonder why we have so many uncles and, and you know, fathers and, and different men in our families who have turned into child molesters or rapists. Um, these mm-hmm. things tie back into generational damage. I recommend that, that all of us study Dr. Joy DeGruy's work, uh, Post-Traumatic Slave Syndrome. Watch her videos, get her book, because she's going to the root issues that we're suffering as a people. Um, 
like I said, 170,000 black children in 2011 came up missing. There's no outcry. Mm. Like, you know, 170,000. I can remember when I was coming up, you know, we had these Arab uh, stores in the hood. And I, and I found out later that some of my friends used to be tricking off with the, with the Arabs, getting money, $67, $70 here and there, going behind the store and having that, sex with them. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of yeah. brothers are sitting back and saying, well, you know, that's what I'm saying. The black woman ain't this. The black woman is the whore of the earth. At 14 and 15 years old, really? You mean to tell me you're going to shake your head and, and, and try to relieve yourself of the responsibility of our young girls? No father in the household, no image of what an actual man is supposed to be. This is why I, it irritates me to no end when I keep hearing these brothers talking about women need to submit to their men. This is the problem with our communities right now. Really? You know how many fools it is walking around the black community right now? How many rapists and savages and brothers whose minds are twisted backwards and who hate women, who don't know how to raise children, who don't know how to love and be nurturing and hug and kiss? I mean, do you want me to submit to a fool, to a drug addict, to an alcoholic? No, we don't submit to men just because they're men. We have to. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I know the, I know nah, the brothers that's probably be. listening to this beating their chest right now, ready to go eight. But that's your problem. I don't, I don't feel like we're trying to rebuild communities. We're trying to rebuild to be rebuilt. Man, I, I saw my, my uncle beat my nephew up so bad when he was like 13 years old, punching him in his chest, and he made him stand up, and he made him, he just kept punching him and talking to him, and you better not cry. And I'm talking about full-fledged, you know, just like a, a man-on-man type of fight. Mm-hmm. We think hey, that's Nathan. discipline. That's not discipline. That's not discipline for a grown man who's in the NFL who gets paid to handle big men to be beaten on a child with a whip, with an extension cord. And then everybody's saying, well, that happened to me when I was young. You know, that's not a big deal. Four years old. So we're talking about nation building and building economics and building infrastructures, and we can't even handle the simple things. What's the solution? Hug your children, men. Hug your daughters. Tell them you love them. Look them in their eyes when you talk to them. Be present, not just physically present. Be mentally and spiritually present. Don't always have a phone in your hand when you're talking to your daughter. Make sure they know that they matter. Then work on yourself. Stop eating pork. <laughs> That's going to be a hard one. Hmm. Stop eat, uh, processed food. Stop giving our children processed food. That's where it starts. When the woman has mm-hmm. a child, instead of a child to her breast, and, and and nurturing the child with that God force, with that God nutrient, you putting the baby on the white man's milk and poisoning him or her from birth, not to mention the, the heart connection. You put the baby on the breast, and the baby is in tune with the rhythm of the mother. It's important. It's not just a, a it's not just for nurturing for milk. It's also a, a rhythmic thing that happens when the child goes to the mother's breast. She's in tune or he's in tune with the heartbeat of the mother, just like we're in tune with the heartbeat of the planet. So this is the micro womb and the macro womb. You know, Mm. we need to understand this science, and our brothers need to understand this science too because 
you, you're taking the small percentage of sisters who are out of their damn minds, who are baby mamas and taking you to court for child support and, you know, dogging your children and doing all of this savage, insane stuff, and you using that as a weapon against all black women. And sisters have been the backbone in our community, and nobody can tell me different. But the war has been up on us now, and we've turned against ourselves, and we've turned against our men. We haven't just turned on you, brothers. Sisters are doing some of the most. I've never seen so many strip clubs in my life till I came to Atlanta. Never. Oh, yeah. Every other corner there's a strip club. Men going at yeah, 10 and 12 o'clock in the afternoon to a strip club. Really, bro? That's where they, that's where they eat lunch at. In the city you know bar. what I'm saying? So, <laughs> this is, these are so things my that thing we is have this. to actually deal with. <laughs> yes. That, that would be my next question. Because me and Blue, when we went in, uh, we came to Atlanta in January, and we had an interview with uh, one of our brothers, and we were talking about, you know, just that whole strip life. You know what I mean? And um, it's like, what are we? Are we going to put together a, a, a committee? Are we going to put a search and rescue team together to go up in there, and you know? give our sisters some information, like, you know, because we're talking about, let's let's put it in this context. These sisters are very influential, extremely influential, you know what I'm saying, in, 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 you know, in their profession. They are influential to the influential in cities such as Miami and Atlanta and things of that nature. And we, we're talking about, you know, maybe – well, I won't even just say just the black market because it's not just that. They got athletes. You know, you have your athletes. You have your entertainers. You know, you have uh, people that are in the underworld. You know what I'm saying? You have all kind of people from different walks of life who are very much, you know, um, infatuated. You know, they're infatuated with these women. So it's like when we talk about being able to capture the hearts and minds of a, a, a certain group of people or a certain um, segment of our population who are not necessarily drawn to a lecture hall or they're not necessarily drawn to standing on 125th Street. They just, or they're just not on Facebook, you know what I mean? Like they're not in the same places that, you know, the quote-unquote choir is. You know, mm-hmm. what about the fact that if you influence the the person who is influential to the influential, would you be able to reach him like that? So I'm like, wow, like if a, if a Alexis Tyler or Shaja, one of these powerful goddesses who could relate, you know what I'm saying, who could speak the language of a sister who may have been, because we're talking about, hit, you know, um, reaching them at their core, some of the, you know, we're talking about coming into heal. We're, we're talking about, you know, having honest conversations and, and finding out, you know, what is it that our sisters really want out of life? What is it, you know, what, because some of these sisters may be striving for something more than just, you know, talking. You know what I mean? Like they may have some things that, some goals that they want to reach in life. I personally, when I used to live in Atlanta in 1999, I had a, a lady friend who, you know, was an exotic dancer. And she was highly intelligent and was very mm-hmm. spiritual as well. You know, me and her began talking because she found out that I was into astrology. And, and, you know, when I shared some information with her, 
she was very she was intrigued with my mind, you know what I mean, and we took it from there, and you know, I noticed that a lot of her story and a lot of the other stories of the sisters inside of the clubs were very similar, and it dealt with abuse, sexual right. abuse at a very young age, it dealt with abuse, it dealt with abuse from men as well, you know, some of them got turned out at a very young age, and they were under mind control. And it got right. so they they fell so deep down the rabbit hole that once the person that put them under mind control was out of the game, they were still going in cruise control. They were they were so you know they were so indoctrinated at that point that they felt like right. there was no way out. Right. It's embedded so in the subconscious, like, which controls. It's embedded in the subconscious. Their activity, only five percent of it daily conscious. So if they've been um, impacted in this particular way, you know that is always going to be on autopilot, you know. What do we know is effective that can break that steering, that autopilot steering, you know what I'm saying? What methods do we have? You know, a lot of people are critical of the nation and what they're dealing with, the Dianetics. What do we have that's effective of that particular type in our community that we can deal with that can go straight to people's core issues and break their dependency on pain to, to cover pain? Yeah, and that's an excellent point, dependency on pain. Um, man, I know a lot of sisters that, that that have that dependency on pain, and I think at one point in my life I had that. Um, we just kind of, mm-hmm. you know, pull from different sources to be able to get it. But, you know, you see how sexual abuse is, is at the, the root of a lot of, of what we're dealing with, and it's not just sexual abuse. It's what a lot of these sisters have seen their mothers go through. A lot of young sisters saw their mothers get used and abused and turned out, and they think that that's the way that a woman is supposed to be. Um, I think mm-hmm. a lot of this, we we are so stuck in celebrity worship, and if you think about it, you know, that whole concept of making it rain was kind of like the beginning of not the whole stripper culture, because we know that's that's been popping for a long time, especially in big cities. Yes. But so it blossoming the way it did and becoming a household thing to where now, you know, you have the Real Housewives of Atlanta and, you know, twerking videos and all of this type of stuff. So some of these celebrities have made it cool for our women to be looked at as whores, whether that was their intention or not. And then we can't forget, you know, we have Beyonce making videos doing basically, you know, the same stripper routine that you would see when you go into the club. We got Rihanna making videos with Shakira doing girl on girl, girl all this girl on girl sexual innuendos. We got Nicki Minaj mm-hmm. uh, on stage with a dildo. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, well, all of this. Remember, it, it um, because I was like I said, I was in Atlanta, ninety seven to two thousand. Then I came back in the BMF era, which was two thousand and three to two thousand and five. Then I came back to Atlanta in 2012, right? And mm-hmm. when I came mm-hmm. to Atlanta, I came with uh, groups of brothers from New York City from the tunnel era, the Biggie and Jay-Z area, era of all-night partying, right. getting fly, Gucci, Louie, you know what I mean, all of that, the clothes. We, we brought black Hollywood to Atlanta because when we got there, it was Goody Mob, Outkast, 112, you know, uh, you know, post-Freaknik type of stuff. So the energy right. was there. The, the strip clubs right. were still popping, but it was post-Freaknik 
Them niggas was just country. I'm going to just keep it real. I'm not trying I've to offend anybody or whatever. Yeah, yeah I'm not trying to. <laughs> but if you lived out there, I got bailed out by Griff's bail, bail bonds and shit. That's how real that was. <laughs> you know, and and I jumped. And I jumped it, too. I bailed out with some jewelry and some money. I gave up my bracelet and some other stuff. But we came down there and introduced that lifestyle of the club, you know, everything. But, but it was already a party town, but we kind of brought that New York mentality and merged it. Then when mm-hmm. Big Meech and BMF and them came in, Big Meech, listen to this show. We got to, we got to, I'm going to play a drop from the brother in a minute. You know, okay. he, he listens while he's in the feds and whatnot because the brother was always intelligent. And mm-hmm. when that tip drill video came out, because remember, before there was World Star and all of that, it was BT and Cut. Right. Now remember, the whole embracing of the stripper culture was taboo. Right. Remember the outcry that he received for swiping the credit card down um, White mm-hmm. Chocolate's butt. Right. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And, and the sister who he did it to, she was like, and going back, she was the Beyonce of Atlanta of the gentleman club scene. That was White Chocolate. Mm-hmm. She was that girl back then. You, right. you know what I'm saying? Right. And when he did that, it, 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 it had a an effect to it, you know, but it was also superimposed and emerged with the rise of BMF at that point with all of that money, all of that influence, you know what I'm saying? And they swept, I don't care what nobody says, all of that trap, that, that young Jeezy shit, the Rick Ross, and yeah. all of that came from BMF. And, we're, and, yeah, and, and, and I'm not saying New York so much as not, but damn sure everywhere in the South, from Atlanta, because Atlanta's the hub, Atlanta's the Harlem of the South, so the niggas right. are still under that spell. It has never been challenged or broken. Right. Okay? And too, that BMF you know, so spell too, is still alive. But look, the, mm-hmm. that same energy, the freak Nick, Gabbleston has every year they have a uh, celebration uh, for the commencement of when the slave was, slaves were, were freed. Houston, Texas, right. South Beach. When we look at the NBA All-Star Weekend, Super Bowl, there's this culture in young black, you know, 20-some-odd, late teens through the 20s, you know, 30s. There's a culture of promiscuity, of being over-sexual, of the sisters trying to outdo each other and being, you know, the most flashy, looking the, looking the, 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 you know, they think they fly, but when it all boils down to it, you look like you just got off the pole. So but can I share? Can I just want to interject and let you continue? Remember, it was born out of an event called the Greek Fest, the Greek Fest. Yes. Right, and the Freak Fest. Yes. Please continue. Yes, sir. Absolutely. And these are so all Greek. We, inter- these are the Greek fraternities acting a damn fool, setting this shit off. Well, and it's, and it's totally, it's totally in line with Greek culture. It's totally in mm-hmm. line with everything that they did when they were when they were in power at Caligula. one point in time. And this is how mm-hmm. you know we did a show about black sororities and fraternities. And I had sisters writing me like trying to go hard on me, like. You know, this is something that my family has been doing, and this is our culture, and we have the right, and this, this, and this. It's like you can't separate the history of the establishment that you're representing for the sake of your emotion. Don't try to tell me that them sisters don't be having sex with the same men and and rubbing and kissing on each other and doing all type of lesbian freaky stuff. That stuff goes with the territory. I had a brother who Mm -hmm. was who was uh, I used to date who was. being drafted or, or, you know, they were scouting him uh, to play for the 49ers. 
and they were trying to recruit him into a fraternity. And he said it, it was brothers getting raped in those in those uh, fraternities. They were like turning each other right. out. So there's a whole mm-hmm. sexual, you know, perverse underground that happens in college. So now it's like you know, oh, I, I experiment. People, you hear people say I experimented with a girl when I was in college. You know, it was just a phase that I went through. Really, you had to experiment with a woman in college that was no, that's not a phase. Like you were weak-minded. You know what I'm saying? And you you had to get back on your square. But to answer the question about how do we counter this this over sexualization? Because I can't stand it. It's like I mean, Nicki Minaj's new album cover. And the whole, you know, hype and sensationalism behind it, and like this is what the world thinks we are as black women. The 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 the, 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 the oversex connotations that carried from slavery up to today are alive and prevalent. I tell sisters all this. First of all, brothers need to know brothers like y'all that are on the front line that have access to women. That's not what we're looking for. If you're talking to a conscious sister and a sister walks by you that's barely got any clothes on, can you keep talking to that sister and maintain your focus on her or are your eyes going to slowly but surely start wandering to the left because you need to take a look because that ass is just so fat? You know what I'm saying? These are the messages Mm -hmm. that we have to give our women. That's not what we want. That's not the goddess that I'm looking for. I'm looking to see what's in your mind. I'm looking to see what's in your heart. I'm looking to see what's in the – there's going to be a physical attraction, but we need our brothers to be more vocal about what type of woman is actually attractive, not to sleep with, but to wife. And then the other thing to that is we've got right. to deal with the sexual abuse. Somebody is going to have to tackle that. I'm not talking about in a 30-minute YouTube clip. I'm talking about actually doing the study, talking to sisters, talking to brothers, talking about the negative experiences that it led to and showing our people the, the impact that it's had on our lives. And then the last thing, we got to make being conscious, being intelligent, being powerful black brothers and sisters fly again. Can you imagine if you two, me, Griff, Ali Muhammad, uh, Polite, Umar Johnson, Francis Crest Welsing, uh, Dr. Joy DeGruy, um, um, I know I'm missing a lot of people, Claude Anderson, just all the brothers and sisters, but particularly those in our age, age range that have the mindsets of the young people. If we walked into a room full of celebrities, suited and booted, Kemet shirts on, head wraps, unks, you know, just straight culturally aware and conscious mm-hmm. of who we are, standing up tall, head straight up, looking everybody in the eye, can you imagine the type of power that we would have walking into the room? with Jay-Z, Lil Wayne, Beyonce, any of them, we would shut it down. Yeah. And that's what we have to do. We have to walk this planet like landlords. We got tenant mentalities. We need to walk this planet like landlords and carry that energy everywhere we go. Make being intelligent fly again. Keep a book with you everywhere you go. Talk to these sisters, brothers that's walking around here half naked, that's trying to catch your eye. Nah, queen, I ain't into that. I like my woman to to look like she got some respect about herself. Make her think about it. And I'm doing Mm -hmm. my part with the sisters. I have sisters write me all the time. I can't tell you how much you changed the way that I think. I never thought about this and that. I used to be a stripper. I had a man that was beating me up. All of these different stories. So we're having an impact. 
We just got to move out on the planet like it's ours again. Think like rulers and yes. not like tenants. Can I interject very quickly? I just want to speak and reverberate some of the things that have been told to me, you know, by young ladies um, that I've dealt with who had issues growing up, you know. Yeah. And they like, look, you got to understand and you got to speak for us if you have the opportunity to, to let the rest of the world know that, you know, we don't wear our hair straight because this is what we want to do. We don't wear these clothes like this because this is what we want to do. You know what I'm saying? We don't act like this is necessarily because what we want to do. We do this because this is what we think you want. Yeah. Mhm. And it was like, why? Why is that left out of the conversation that these things start when they're in junior high school, when they're in high school, when all women are going to be attracted towards the quote unquote alphas of the group. So the mm-hmm. dudes is, you know, the head of the, uh, you know. Whatever school they're going to, the guy that's the most popular or the person that they're looking at, not necessarily the smartest, you know, because our society has been structured in a way in which you're told, look, the guy got to be the strongest. He has to be able to provide, you know what I'm saying? He has to be able to provide X amount of security. Dudes that more than likely are the dudes that's in school, they're shaking. They're getting it. You know what I'm saying? Right. They're right. hustling or, or you know, they represent that level of strength, whether they're into sports, you know what I'm saying, or whether they're into academics. And what the women are telling me is that their experience has always been those dudes want the fairer women, the mm-hmm. straight hair, lighter eyes, you know what I'm saying, yes. necessarily, you know, with, with, with a fair amount of meat on their bones. So they have to adapt because there's still, you know, hormones are raised and it's a mating ritual. They yeah. want to be chose, you know what I'm saying, or they want to be in a position to do the choosing. So they're going to adapt to whatever the, 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 the wave is at that particular time because unbeknownst to them, their life depends on it. This is what their, you know, the the, the life that's inside of the, the, the very thing that wants to be born, you know what I'm saying, procreation, all of these things mm-hmm. are raising. It's not just simple as an attraction, you know. These women are looking to uh, these, you know, they're looking for a suitor. Yeah. And yeah, when they're but looking I through the that... eyes of that man, and that eyes through the eyes of that man, he wants to see what has been fed to him, what has been marketed to him through culture, as saying, "Look, this is the prototypical women that you need to have in society." You know what I mean? And in my mm-hmm. generation, as we grew up in the '80s and the '90s, that's what was marketed to my generation thoroughly. Mm-hmm. And still today. Yeah, and, and, and even that's more the thing. so today. Yeah, and 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 my message to the sisters would be, you know, we do have to adapt, adapt, but we 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 shouldn't compromise. And a lot of our sisters are compromising themselves for men who really aren't even worth their time. At that same, you know, when I was coming up, that same thing: fair women, straight hair, light eyes, was what was in vogue. The majority, I would say, just the women that I knew. 80, 90% of the women end up turned out, strung out on drugs somewhere, beat up with children, mm-hmm. turned out by these same men that the sisters who may not necessarily look the way that they want them to look, the ones that they couldn't get, end up turned out. So what we as women, see, we, we have to take control of what we attract. We're too busy standing back 
thinking about all of the men that may not be attracted to us or what men want, what men. I, I told Griff, the, Griff this the other day because we were talking about something, and I said there's too many women out here who are making choices just based on what men want. We got. I know women who, you know, are joining the Nation of Islam or, or getting into all these different schools of thought and have no idea about the root and the real substance of what it's about. They're just looking for a man. They want an FOI, so let me join the Nation of Islam. Or they want a Nawapian, mm-hmm. so let me be a Nawapian. Just trying to get a man because you're right. It is that natural, you know, relation, uh, that ritual of trying to have a man and be a part of something uh, that your man is included in. But we need to take back the power, our power in our minds and being what we want to attract. You don't you you got fake hair, fake eyes, fake butt, fake titties, but you don't want a man to come along with a fake penis. You ain't gonna deal with a man who you ain't gonna deal with a man who's walking around with, with contact lenses in his eyes. You, you, Not at you, all. Don't want, you don't want a man that's walking around putting skin lightener on his face trying to be lighter. You're not going to deal with that type of dude, but you're going to do all of that and some to try to attract a real man? No, that's not how it works. When you keep it real with yourself, when you don't compromise yourself, when you look at yourself, deal with your own flaws, your own faults, and, and really be what you want to attract. You want an intelligent man? Be intelligent. You want a funny man? Be funny. You want a charismatic man? Be charismatic. You want a business exactly. man? Exactly. Can I add on? Be about your business. Because, yes, sir. Yes, because another thing, and I'm more than willing, and I, I honor you for putting out that challenge, you know, these niggas with their ice buckets, like, let's do the Black Goddess Challenge, and I'm willing right. to accept that. Now, the challenge that I would give my goddesses and my queens and my sisters that I love is this. I listen to a lot of music, you know, and I, I love to read. Like, I like to get all of the information that I can because I want to hear what our people are talking about. But um, aside from you and maybe two or three other sisters, I've never come across a song or book or a very detailed poem where the sisters was telling these niggas out here, I don't want you to sell crack anymore. Well, I don't really want you to be a hustler anymore. I don't want you to be, I don't, and, and I think that you selling crack is considered, you know, I'm looking at you as the enemy of the state. If you can right. sell crack to somebody's grandmama, their mama, their aunt, or a pregnant woman, or somebody's grandfather, uncle, father, whatever, and we realize by sitting back after the fallout, you know, that this thing has utterly destroyed our community. This is the weapon of mass destruction. This is the little rock that David threw to kill Goliath, okay? And that little David is the white man, and you was Goliath. He put your ass to sleep with that little rock. So our brothers... Have a, they feel like there's a pass being given to them because the voice that needs to be heard, remember, we could blow the trumpet all day as men speaking to other men, but they could mm-hmm. easily turn the blind eye to us and be like, oh, that nigga's hating. Get your ones right. up, homie. Don't talk to me about what I'm doing right. to feed me and mine. Nigga, I'm riding clean. I'm I'm holding. Da-da-da-da-da. 
You know what I mean? I make it rain on you. You know, all of that plot <laughs> stuff that yeah. men say to each other because our egos come out and we could pop, we could style on each other. That's the art that black men have. We style on each other. But right. a black man would, would would be reluctant to style on a, maybe, you know, maybe a sister who he may deem socially on, on, a, on a ladder, on a status ladder, if he sees that she's not on his level and whatnot, you damn right that he's going to talk crazy to her. But the same mm-hmm. woman that he says, oh, shit, hold on, let me put this book. He's got his feet. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, hotel, hotel. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because they, right. they, they see you coming and they they believe me, you believe you me. I, 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 I could blend in with the goons and I listen and I watch. You know what I mean? I see how they straighten up. They have a level right. of respect for a woman who respects herself. I don't care. Right. You don't have to be right. a, a head rap sister or whatnot. You could be a sister that gets out of a Bentley, you know what I mean, with some stilettos on. They know respect when they see it. Right, and right. If, and if they, if the message got out that, no, brother, th- that era is over. Yes, we used mm-hmm. to turn a blind eye to your hustling ways. And, you know, you were paying, you paid our, our tuition and, you know, you bought us whatever we wanted, and, you know, we never really questioned where the money came from, even though we knew that you were tying people up, you know what I mean, and and, and doing, uh, pushing robberies and stuff <laughs> like that, or you was moving weight, and I'm dead ass. I'm wow. so sincere. Like, they've never been challenged by the goddesses, by the sisters, because who are they doing this for? Who is the who yeah. is the hustle for? Who is the grind for? Who are we trying to impress? Who are we killing? Dying for and willing to come back to to be reincarnated and kill again. You got niggas coming back at three years old ready to catch bodies still. <laughs> they still motivated. <laughs> I'm good ass. They still motivated to put in that work because, you know, they have aspirations to be coveted by women. Right. Okay. They want to be coveted by women. That's 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 a that's that's some alpha male male and and some mm-hmm. men. That's why the strip club culture works so well. That's why it exactly. works so well. Somebody these figured it out. These mommy issues, and they're yeah. like, "Oh, I could be around these women all day." And I'm not talking. You know we're not saying? talking about. And I don't want to offend none of the sisters on the line. I don't want to offend anybody that hears this in the archives because y'all might not have been in those environments. But there are goddesses. There are women that look like there's warrants for them in the fucking museum for walking out of the museum. I'm talking about statues inside of these clubs. Like right. they, they're angelic, some of them. I'm dead ass. And and, and they, right. they, they, they have right. they have men hypnotized to a level where these men are going out and doing I, I mean, let's not talk about the Nigerians. Like they're emptying our banks. They're doing all kinda yeah. you know what I mean? Like <laughs> they are committing capital crimes to be coveted by these sisters. But these sisters have a requirement you got to bring. I'm not talking about no, you know, we ain't talking about no nine-to-five check. They want you to bring the bank, they want you to bring the jackpot back to them. Well, see, so that's, part of if, that is, I mean, let me just say, part of that is that along that path, you ran across one or two sisters that didn't require you to have that jackpot. But you was searching, you was trying to get that one that wanted you to have that jackpot. That's not always, mm-hmm. but I'm telling you that that's true to life. I've seen it so many times 
where brothers pass good women up for these, you know, fly by well, nights. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's oh, a, and a that's shoes a on other foot, too. You know, women pass up good yeah. men because they're they trying to get that, that quick money. But I think that at the root of all of this, you know, whether it's the, the, the man trying to attract the woman or the woman trying to attract the man, is that we know internally that we deserve a certain quality of life. We deserve that if we want a nice, comfortable home and a fly ride and to have money and not be worrying about bills and that type of thing. We know internally that we deserve that, even if we can't figure out how we're going to get it. A lot of us grow up in poverty situations, and it, it puts yeah. us puts our back up against the wall to where we start doing foolish things, you know, maybe to take care of the family, maybe because you want a fly pair of sneakers, maybe because you want that fly ride, maybe you want to be a boss. But poverty you know what I'm saying, and 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 not having the have-nots is is at the root of a lot of this. So when we have that conversation, and I, I taught at uh, Juvenile Hall uh, in California for three and a half years, volunteered on the weekends. I did three workshops every, and I talked oh, to these young heart. brothers who were locked up for robbery, who were locked up for you know violent altercations, uh, murder, different type of situations. Young brothers, and when you really sit down and talk to these brothers. They just young, impressionable. Some of them like little children. They look like men, but on the inside, they little children. And I try to express to them, you know, sometimes it's that that, that woman-man thing, and sometimes it's that mother-son thing. Some of these brothers really need, never receive nurturing and kindness and care from a woman. They don't know what that feels like, and they don't know what it looks like. So, I, you know, Part of it is me well, telling all the like brothers. Said, yeah. They telling the brothers situations with, their, don't with want, their mother. Exactly. Sisters don't want dope boys. You know, you you destroying our communities. And then the pimp, the playboy pimp thing. You know, it's played out. You know, you're, yeah. you're a pimp. You're a coward. If you de- depending on a woman to sell her body, maybe somebody's mother or somebody's daughter. You're a coward. Women not attracted to that. A, a foolish woman would be attracted to that, but a real woman, no. So I, I agree wholeheartedly, and I accept the challenge. It's part of what I'm dealing with in my book, Black Matters. I have a chapter dealing with black youth in peril, and I address the young brothers directly uh, on the behavior, how they look at our women, how they treat our women, and, and how they look at themselves and treat themselves. And, uh, you know, my goal, once the book is out, and I told Griff this, every city that I go and lecture, I want to find that the worst school. I want to find that community organization that has access to these hotheads, to the knuckleheads that nobody can reach. I want to sit in a room with them. I don't need no cameras. I don't need no press. I don't need money. Just get me in the room with them. Get us in the room with them because I have a message for the brothers, but the brothers also need to hear that message from that strong male figure what it really means to be a man. It don't have nothing to do with what kind of car you drive, what kind of uh, how much money you got in your pocket. We need to redefine what manhood actually looks like because a lot of these youngsters have never seen a real man before, and that's a big problem. That's real talk. Mm-hmm. That is real talk. Sister Zaza, um, before it gets too late because uh, I don't want to lose the opportunity to let our family weigh in tonight because there's a lot of people in the building with their hands up. And I really, you know, 
I will, I will, I will, I will be honored if you know you can answer some questions that the family has. Yes, we sir. have a very, yeah, our, our audience cool. has some very good questions that they ask. It's cool. Let's do it. All right. All right. So let's do this. Um, let's go to the phone right. line. Okay, Blue. Wait, wait. But before you get to that, because I just wanted to um, get some clarity. I had a question earlier, and that is. What do we have in place already for these people that are hurt, for these women that have been abused, for the brothers that have been abused? Because, you know, we do a lot in terms of identifying what these problems are. So we can identify them. They're symptomatic. We can point the symptoms out. You know what I'm saying? We can see it at this particular point, you know. But institutional-wise, you know what I'm saying, is anybody does does any institution exist that can deal with these problems, or are we making any moves towards establishing some sort of institution? You know what I'm saying? The psychiatry type of situation. Not, not that um, I know of, brother. Is, is, is there, and, is there a natural herb out there? Like, can can Ebola <laughs> do it? Like, not that I know of, and that's why when I when I when you ask the question, um, not that I know of, that doesn't mean that they're not out there. I mean, I consult with a lot of sisters about those type of issues and I know that it's having an impact on them but as far as a institution no and that's why I put it out there this is a demand that needs to be met whoever is listening to this brother sister mother auntie uncle cousin you know all of us everybody listening right now there's a need that there's a void that needs to be met so the psychiatrist the so, uh, the sociology majors um, people who have experience or who have been through this, you don't need a degree. If this has been your history, then you got to pick up the reins and find a way to fill this void. That's a, there's a demand that needs to be met. People say all the time, "What can I do?" There's one thing that needs to uh, one need that needs to be met. Who's going to do it? Right. And I, I will share this with you because I, I really feel that you can get this done especially in these tours that they're talking about town to town, we need a day of atonement. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We need a day of atonement, irrespective of what anybody's quote-unquote beliefs are, because, you know, some people might associate that word with with a Christian doctrine or what have you. You know, right. some people say, if I can't find any precedent for that in my belief system, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm talking about mm. a day together and forgive ourselves for our shortcomings, our misbehavings, you know what I'm saying, uh, things that we are not proud of. Children are so cracked to, you know, their mothers or friends of their mothers, you know yeah. what I'm saying, people that made women do something strange for some change, you know, yeah. even to the point, like I said, if the numbers of which these sisters are talking about, it, if, if 9.5 out of the sisters that I met, right, have been abused, Mm-hmm. And that other point five comes from some not wanting to admit, you know what I'm saying, what it is that they've been dealing with or might not even re- really, quote, unquote, remember. Because mm-hmm. we're talking about women have told me things about, you know, being abused from the infantile stage. Like when they was infants. Mm-hmm. So yeah. these men are in our community. Now, yes. we get into the stands where we're talking about Black unity, you know what I'm saying? And everyone is already, 
you know, not everyone, I don't want to say everyone, but a lot of these organizations have effectively isolated the warrior amongst us. They look down on the murderer, you know what I'm saying? They don't understand that dynamic, even though, you know, it might be, quote, unquote, displaced in our society at this particular point because the warriors have been not necessarily, you know, fighting the right, quote, unquote, war, but a warrior is going to be a warrior. Right. So how are we going to create community? How are we going to create something unified, right, when we don't know who these people are? Mm-hmm. We can't identify them. If this woman is full grown at this point, then her cousin, uncle, daddy, they are, some of them is already in the grave. Some of them is, is our quote-unquote elders at this particular time. Some of them are behind bars, adding to the, the rape that's going on behind bars. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And they're creating generations of men that are coming home and are now abused. I mean, nobody's talking about that. Yeah. Yeah. So and then also, how do we identify the, this? Please. I, I was just gonna say also the, you know, we 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 look at this this culture of domestic violence and and men who hit women, and it's like you want to pull the woman out of that situation. The focus is for the sisters to get to get out of that situation with their lives intact, but we don't really talk about those brothers when those women if they leave. Women that they go on um, to end up abusing, so there there has to be some sort of rehabilitation for you know that that whole domestic violence and victims of abuse. Pedophiles, I don't know if that's something that you can be healed from. I don't even know if I would even chance that. Um, but Rudy's book, um, <clears throat> Homosexuality and the Feminization of the African Man, he talks about. He quotes FBI statistics that says that there are 4 million pedophiles in the United States at any given time, and each one of them has a minimum of six to seven uh, victims throughout their career. Minimum. So 4 million pedophiles, six to seven victims. What's four times six? 24? 24. That's mm-hmm. A minimum of 24 million people who are walking around at any given moment who've been abused. So, and then you those, know, those who have been abused become abused others as well. Like, like we, yeah. yeah, there's been a lot of, it's like you said, it's perpetuated. If you um sit down, if you have a, if you have a, a, a honest discussion mm-hmm. with a uh, you know, a group of quote unquote homosexual men and women, mm-hmm. you know, you will find that there are a lot of similar stories and they deal they point back to um abuse, you know, molestation yeah. and things of that nature. Yep. So we can't even deal with the, the with the homosexual pandemic. And I say pandemic because it is absolutely a pandemic. It's an epidemic and it needs to be we need to, you know, on this subject matter, we need to be dealing with this as, as a state of emergency. But we can't even talk about that if we don't talk about uh, molestation and abuse. We can't even talk about that if we don't talk about the, the brothers who are in prison and the impact that that's having on men not being in the household. So, you know, mm-hmm. we do need to create structures. And, 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 man, I'm telling you, the root of all of this, whether we got the buildings, whether we have big organizations where, you know, that branch out and have money, the root of all of this is that our people need to know that we love them. 
that we care about them. Them mm-hmm. hearing us talking and giving our energy and our time and talking about these issues, I'm telling you, it goes so far. It really matters. We need to show our people that, that there's somebody out here that understands that you've been through something traumatic, that we want to try to help to fix it and that you can be fixed, you can be healed, and you can be whole again. We had a sister write me um, last night because Irritated Jeannie, Jeannie was on the show and we were talking about molestation and the um, the connection of homosexuality. And she wrote me and said that she was in a marriage for She ruined her marriage. Uh, she was in for 15 to 16 years because she didn't even realize how much being molested as a child impacted her as a grown-up. And she had an epiphany listening to the show. So, you know, we got to take baby steps and, and deal with this. Mm. Thank you, indeed. Before we get mm-hmm. to the callers, let the family know about your um, New York scheduled uh, uh your, your New York date and then your Atlanta date that you have coming up, as well as any other ventures that are on the horizon. Okay, so um, Sunday, September 28th, myself, Griff, Irritated Genie, and Dr. Baruti will be at the National Black Theater. The subject is going to be the sixth sexual assault on our children. Um, that will be, let's see, doors open at and we will be starting at 3 o'clock. Um, then in Atlanta on October 18th, we have the Warriors Conference. Myself, Griff, uh, Baruti, uh, Sarah Sutensetti, and Dr. Uh, and Irritated Jeannie again. That's on October 18th. Um, you can contact Griff or me directly to get contact information for both of those. Um, actually, the, the one at the National Black Theater in New York, you can call uh, 347-496-1022 for more information on that. My book, uh, Black Matters, a comprehensive overview of the state of black America from a scientific, social, and historical perspective, that is going to be out probably end of October, early November. That's going to be my release date. And once it's out, I will definitely be coming to a city near you um, dealing with the topics that I'm dealing with in the book. And, yeah, we have some other um uh, lectures coming up, but I don't have the dates in front of me. But if you go to my Facebook page, Zaza Ali, that's Z-A-Z-A Ali, um, I always post the information. And please like our Facebook page, Enemy Minds Radio, that's N-M-E-M-I-N-D-Z Radio. Um, you can get all the information about what we're doing there. And then lastly, we do our blog talk radio show every Tuesday and Thursday. It's called Enemy Minds Radio from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you can keep up with us there. Indeed. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. All right. Uh, you got it blue, or you want me to open up? Yeah, I could. Uh, I could set it off. Let me go to caller from the 803 497 caller. Sister Ali, you've done very well in conveying the problem. But literally, the solution is going to be going back to your spiritual nature. We find that we've been well programmed to this circumstance. And a lot of us, because of the programming, will die by me. But we're not going to straighten it out. 
by sitting on the telephone. We got to take an active role and be responsible for our spiritual growth so that we can induce our children into understanding that responsibility in their lifetime. Yeah, there's a lot of things out here that are destructive. And there's a lot of people that become self-destructive because of these things. But in reality, the universal law teaches us that in order for us to find balance, we got to understand the foundation. And since we have been taken so far away from the truth, we have to fight our way back to have a greater relationship with the foundation. So many times I have talked to you because of different shows, Sister Ali, and uh, Blue Bill and uh, Green Pill. I listen to you from time to time also because you bring good content. But I had not heard all evening, all evening, about our responsibility to be spiritual people in order to be able to get our people to get to a point in which we can even come together. You know, that's not just a human problem because it's a problem in the spirit in which we cannot decide on who's going to be the boss. So let me tell you, you all are bosses. Just leave your egos at the door and we can get solutions. But until we get those egos out of the program, until we see my brother's problem as my problem, we'll always have confusion. I'll always be listening because I think that you're going to make some difference. It's just that we don't have a lot of time. The problem is spiritual. And every aspect we talked about tonight was all programmed by the other people. I ain't got to go into calling them names because in the realm of spirituality, they are insignificant anyway. You cannot imagine. Understand how I'm saying this. You cannot imagine the power that you possess in the spiritual realm because we're living in an animalistic society. When you move from the reptilian out of the mammalian, and then you move into the cerebral, when you can literally logically think, then you'd be ready to approach the spiritual. But these are the steps that must be taken by everyone. I love you. May you be blessed. May I address that, please, brothers? May I address that? Absolutely. Um, I'm not sure if you listened to the entire show. Um, I'm guessing that you haven't by the the comments that you've just made. But um, you said that uh, you've listened to me many times before and that I don't ever address the spiritual solution. Well, that's absolutely incorrect, sir. Um, I've addressed many spiritual solutions. I I, I may yeah. have a different concept. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I never let, said let me, brother, 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 let, brother, let me finish, please. I let you, I, I didn't interrupt you one time. Um, and I wrote down what you said. You did say that. Um, I addressed, you said the problem is that my brother's problems needs to be my problem. I've spent the last hour and 20 minutes talking about problems that our people are facing that I'm not dealing with. I'm not dealing with abuse issues. I'm not dealing with domestic violence. I'm not dealing with being caught up in a stripper culture. I'm not dealing with being in dysfunctional relationships. I'm not a crack baby. I'm not a product of uh, certain environments most of our people are facing right now. I have injected myself into this war, which is a physical war. Yes, it's a spiritual war, but it's also a physical war. 
So we do need to fight the spiritual war, but we also need to fight the physical war. When you eat a genetically modified tomato, that is not a spiritual war. That is a physical war. When you breathe in chemtrails, that is not a spiritual war. That is a physical war. Eric Garner was not a physical, spiritual war. That is a remnant of the physical war. So while I appreciate everything that you have said, my brother, I think that you have minimized everything that I've said because I just said about 15 minutes ago that we have to show our people that we love them. We have to show our people that we care about them and that we are working to rebuild them and to resurrect them. And everything that I say and do is taking my people back to the God self, not to follow me. I said at the beginning of the show, we are not trying to attract followers. We are trying to build people. So everything that I say and everything that I do is geared towards taking our people back to the God self, not to me, but back to themselves. I appreciate your question and your comment. Thank you, my brother. Okay. Peace, caller. Okay. To another caller in the call queue. Let's go to caller from the seven two zero seven two zero two five six seven two zero two five six. Caller, peace. Peace, caller from seven two zero. You all know the ledge. Peace, family. Hello. I remember you have a five one three as well. Don't overlook that. All right. All right, we're gonna go to the five one three then. Let's go to the five one three eight oh seven. Five one three eight oh seven. Call a peace. Hey, peace, peace, can you hear me? Yes peace. indeed, yes sir. Can. Greetings. Peace. Hey, peace. Hey man, I just wanna say that y'all show is on point tonight. I really do appreciate it. Uh a question that I have <laughs> Uh, this is a situation I'm dealing with. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a man that believes in family, um, being active in your kids' lives and everything. Excuse me, hold on. <coughs> sorry, believing in your kids. Uh, I'm sorry, being productive and being active in your kids' lives and all that kind of stuff. One particular situation I'm dealing with is being unemployed at the moment. I'm a, I'm a hardworking brother looking for a job. Uh, but it seems like I can't pick up nothing and I'm kind of like struggling. But I'm steady every day looking for a job, trying to make make ends meet to do what I need to do as a man to take care and provide for my family. But my girl, uh, she's supportive, but at the same time she like, you know, silent social media disses me because I don't, I'm not pulling that man weight that I think I should carry and she feels that I should carry. What kind of what kind of how should I take that approach? I mean, you know I'm out here working, you know I'm out here trying to make it make a better means for us, but you like slight weight dissing me because I don't have everything that you think I should have. Well, one thing I would say is that um, you know I I don't I don't know the nature of your relationship. Um, I do know that women need to feel secure in their relationships and in their lives. But part of 
of the, the, the relationship between a man and a woman, especially a black woman, man and woman, is being supportive and understanding that we live in a system of racism, white supremacy, and that um, I'm going to have to have your back at times and you're going to have to have my back at times. It's give and take. It's ebb and flow. So, you know, if she's one of these sisters who are sitting down watching TV all the time or on media living vicariously through the lives of other people, she's probably holding you to a standard, you know, based on some fictitious, you know, reality TV show or something um, that, that, that probably is not realistic in most of our lives. Um, I will say, you know, it depends on, on how, what the, what the long-term, you know, connection to this sister is. I would sit down and have a real heart-to-heart conversation with her, and I would let her listen to this show because I think that she might need to hear you reaching out to us and the impact that this is having and how she's treating you so she can step back and somebody put a mirror in front of her face to see that she needs to be a little bit more um, uh, nurturing and, and, and supportive to you opposed to being, you know, vicious. And the other thing that I would say as far as being unemployed Brother, it might be time for you to start your own business. And I'm on that, trust me. But that's so, a, that's an issue too. Like it's you know. I know it but, always is, but but once you make your mind up, once you put your mindset into being self-employed, the universe mm-hmm. is going to open, start making things happen for you. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, I, I hear your passion. You sound like you know you a go get them type of brothers. This world probably don't have enough you know, doesn't have that thing that it's going to take to be able to properly hold you down, and that might be the lesson for you with your girl and everything else, that it's time for you to step out there and do your own thing. All right. I appreciate it. I appreciate you very much. And y'all show no us problem. live as well tonight. But, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's live. But thank you. I appreciate it. No problem, brother. Peace. Indeed. Thank you, Carla. Thank you, Carla. All right. And that reminds me, before we forget, because this show tonight, family, is sponsored by www.kingscounty.bigcartel.com. That is our clothing website where you will find some of the hottest and um, newest threads, you know what I mean, to uh, accompany you on your journey in this conscious movement. All right. We have uh, different designers and different brands that we represent. So please check us out at kingscounty.bigcartel.com. That's K-I-N-G-Z-K-O-U-N-T-Y.B-I-G-C-A-R-T-E-L.com. Thank you. That is our business. You know what I mean? That's how we pay our bills and feed our children and continue right. moving forward. All right? We, we made the um, conscious decision, like the sister said, many years ago to provide for ourselves. You know what I mean? and to become, um, you know, uh, masters of our destiny. You know, it has not been the most, it hasn't been a walk in the park, and it's not supposed to be, okay? Right. Because it's business, you know, and, but as the, as, the, as the world turns and as the will turns, we're improving our business, getting better. The doors are beginning to open up. Opportunities are presenting themselves, and it's becoming easier. So I encourage you to yep. support your own family. That is definitely how we're going to prosper and how we're going to move away and move out of, you know, that's how we'll be get, we'll, we'll even become, we'll even 
be able to have points of reference in the near future where we could look at some of our brothers and sisters and be like, well, I don't want to do this nine to five. I need somebody. The same way that people look at Jay-Z or they could look at who they feel like is a, a, a ditty or who they feel or who they think is a, 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 um, a story of success. And they live mm-hmm. vicariously through these people, and these are the people that give them that strength to start their business and do what they want to do. I want to be just like these people. Well, we need examples in our community of success, you know, people who are, um, you know, business owners that are, you know, doing very well that we can look at them and be like, well, this is how this brother did it. I watched them from day one, and I watched their business grow. I saw the ebb and the flow. I see the ups and the downs and whatnot, how they perfected their business, how they got it together, and, you know, you could could use that as your springboard. Yep, and just making that mental... That 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 mindset, making your mind up, where this is what I want to do, and everything that I do, whether it's a job short term or you know getting the licensing I need or applying for the business license, license opening bank account, every step that you make has to be moving towards the direction of accomplishing your goal. And the doubt, yeah. the fear, the worry, all of those things will 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 hinder you, hinder your process. You got to step out and believe in yourself and know that it'll happen. And it'll happen. I've been there several times. Yes, yes, indeed. 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 Salute. All right. Go to these. Yeah. All right, we're going to go to another caller. Put a caller from the 323-474. Caller from the 323-474. Peace. Yes, Hello. Greetings, three, two, three. Greetings. Greetings. Peace. Peace, brother. Can Peace. you hear me? Peace. Yes, we can. Yes, loud and clear. Welcome to another ledge. Thank you, soldiers. Brothers and sisters, I'm so happy to hear you guys just don't know. Being that I'm an elder and I'm listening to what I'm listening to, sister, you on point. You on Thank point. You, brother. you on point. And, you know, if there's just more sisters like you out there, being frontline soldiers, we could turn this thing around. And as far as, like, uh, I think it was either red or blue that said something about a Day of Atonement. Well, you know, we have a Day of Atonement. You know, our Day of Atonement, from my understanding, is October the 15th, the hmm. commemoration of the Million Man March. Right. That's when we all come together. It's, for the, it's just not for black people. It's for the whole family, the universal family. But... We all, but, but my concern is just so much is not about the universal family, it's about the family. Because if we come together and just get our thing together, everybody else will fall in, in, in place. But it's us starting there, right there is where it starts at. Now, again, I ain't pushing this on nobody. You know, we always take it or let it alone. But that's, the, that's I believe, is the Day of Atonement. And I think if we work from there and just get our people just to sit down and atone for some of the things that we've done to each other and that we continue to do each other, being in the name of whatever it is that we're in the name of, I think we could change this whole thing. I mean, it's time now. It's our time. And we don't take advantage of this. Hey, we get, we, I mean, it's going to happen. We're going to get what we deserve. But it's time now. It's all time for us all to come together. Continue. Brothers and sisters, y'all keep, please keep doing what you're doing. Don't give it up. Whatever you need and support. It's out there. <laughs> Brothers like me got no problem supporting you. Mm. 
Well, I agree, brother, and I, I, you know, you said that once we get our our thing together that everyone else will fall in line. You know, here it is. We have, as black women, we have women all over the world from Asia to Australia to all these different far-reaching countries making videos of themselves twerking. Yes. And 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 our brothers in hip hop, you know, some of the 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 less favorable things that we're doing right now, the way we treat women, and you know, just some of the negative things. Like Black Doctor said, they take the lowest essence of what we have to offer and they give it maximum exposure. Well, what if the world saw us at our best? What if the world saw all of us stop drinking? We would have a tremendous impact on the United States economy. We're talking about boycotting. Boycott Hennessy. Yes. Boycott mm-hmm. support. You know what I'm saying? If we actually, we need to start doing these things twofold. Okay, yes, it's going to have an economic impact, but it's also going to have a physical, healthy type of impact. So we need to raise the standard of what the world thinks when they think about our people. I, I tell Griff all the time, and I say this all the time, you know, we're not at the table where the decisions are being made about natural resources, about, you know, uh, infrastructures and building airports and you know global economies and whatnot. We're not at the table. I want to be at the table. I'm not trying to live this life out without having leaving my stamp on this world and having say so on what's ours mm-hmm. by divine right. This is our planet. And so, that's why I keep and not to interrupt you, sister, but this is why I'm saying this: it's our time now. See, we yes. got to come together. We got to find a way to come together, pull our resources together, create our own reality. Because clearly, it's not going to happen. Now, now I got to ask Blue and Red this. I don't know if you. I, I didn't grow up in California, though I live here. I, I grew up in, in Missouri, but I've been out here for almost thirty, thirty-one, thirty-two years. Everyone that I've talked to that have grown up out here has told me they have never ever heard of hurricanes back-to-back on the West Coast, in the Pacific, like we're seeing now. If the writing ain't on the wall, I don't know what to say. What we're seeing now here on the West Coast, normally we see this on the East Coast, in cessation. Now, well, I mean, brother, I'm, can, I, can I tell you something about that? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Go right ahead. You go to a website called geoengineering.com. Mm-hmm. They are intentionally manipulating the weather on the West Coast because the uh, jet stream flows from the West Coast to the East Coast. So Mm -hmm. all along the Pacific Ocean, they are spraying heavy levels of aluminum and barium and metals, and it's Mm. tied into HARP, and they are altering the weather. I don't know if you know, but there's a – I'm sure you know – there's a serious drought right now in California. Without a doubt, it's been that way for a moment has been forcefully created, like they've designed this, what's happening in California right now. So if you go to that website, uh, the gentleman who's doing this research, he's a former meteorologist. I can't think of his name, but he has a video up called the the, um, the Created Drought in California. It's right on the main page, and it will give you the science behind all of the weather that's happening on the West Coast right now. We are dealing with science with science, demons, devils, savages, whatever you want to call them, but this is science. That's why we have to become scientists to be able to combat this war. Correct. I'm with you on that. 
I'm mm-hmm. with you on that. Well, I've said what I had to say, brothers and sisters. I'm not trying to hold up the line because I know there's other callers who want to get in and say something. But I, I am so in love with what I'm hearing. And like I said, you know, I want to, <laughs> want to get with y'all and, you know, sit down and just have just that one-on-one and, you know, and let's share this consciousness that we have with one another and let's try to take this whole thing to another level. Yes, sir. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. Thank you, for Thank you. Yes, Thank you. Peace. Peace. Yes, we're going to go to caller now from 864. Call from 864. Call a peace. Call from 864, peace. We're going to go to call from the 864. No, we already did that. 646 796. Call From the 646 796. Call a peace. Yes, what's going on? Um, Calling from the A Decatur. Uh, I love what you guys are doing tonight. Um, I spoke about it to other people, to some of my friends about what you guys are saying tonight, and everybody, everybody up there is right on point. And Sister um, Zaza Ali, I love what you're doing. I'm a big fan of LSG show every Tuesday and Thursday night, and I see that you're also in the Decatur area. So um, I, some of the topics you spoke on, like as far as black relationships and Domestic violence, I feel a certain way about it, you know. Like, I feel like a lot of this stuff that's happening is because it's a way to get rid of us. I could be wrong, but I just want to know what you think. Uh, Well, there's definitely a full-fledged war to get rid of us. I mean, I could probably run down 20 things just off the top of my head right now. But as far as domestic violence, you know, we have we are suffering from, you know, what they call Stockholm Syndrome, where we are now identifying with our oppressors and our abusers. So what they originally were doing to us, you know, by their own hands, we now do to one another. So when you look at a situation like the Ray Rice video and you see this, you know, obviously a dysfunctional relationship, she hits him, somebody said he spit on her, she spit back on him, I don't know, but, you know, he knocked her out like put her lights out, then dragged her body out into the hallway um, like a limp dog, and then turned around and they got married. Um, So, you know, this is layered uh, levels of dysfunction that we are now uh, manifesting on each other. So, you know, the, the sister, his wife said, you know, this is our business, this is personal. No, my 11-year-old son saw that video. It's not just your business anymore. And I think that all of us become complicit in one way or another because we have domestic violence situations all around us. I ask brothers all the time, how can you have a homeboy that beats on his wife? I don't understand that. Like, shouldn't he be off the list? You know what I'm saying? Shouldn't he become somebody that used to be my friend once you find out that he hits women? So, you know, the brothers talked about the individualist mindset earlier. We have to get away from that and start loving and caring for one another again. Um, And when you know that it's happening, not turning a blind eye and pretending like it's not. Well, the sister wouldn't listen to me. Okay, well, did you snatch him up by his collar? Have the brothers sat this brother down, a group of men, strong men, who don't have fear and know how to talk to a man? Did you all pull him in and pull his coattail? and make him feel like, you know, 
like he was just so low for putting his hands on a woman. That's how we have to start approaching these things. So, yes, there is a war to kill us. It is serious, and I'm not saying that. Melanated people, whether you call yourself a more African, black, Caribbean, you know, wherever you at on the planet, the war is on. But we have to stop the war within to, to, to fight that war. Like, what about, also, what about integration? Because I feel a way about integration. Like, in a way, it was a good thing, but in a way, it wasn't. Like, I felt like it kind of screwed up blacks in a way. No, integration was one of the worst things that ever happened to us. <laughs> like, there's, uh, by far, I mean, like, what were we even thinking about trying to trying to sit at a restaurant with white people and getting slapped around and, and, and kicked and beaten by dogs just to be able to say we could ride on a bus with them? No, yeah. I think that was game goofy, you know, and, as we were saying. And also interracial because I, I've heard about that numerous times because numbers say that interracial kids are going to outnumber black kids. Like I had a friend tell me the other day, she told me the way we're headed, we might be we were going to be wiped out. I said, what about the, the biracial black kids? What, what you think about that? Well, black children are black children, whether they're interracial or whether they're uh, fully blooded black. There's really not a lot of our people in this country who don't have white blood in them in one way or another. What we have to do is we talk mother and father of civilization. We need to start owning mother and father, mother and father of civilization, taking responsibility and ownership of those children and nurturing them so that they will join the fold opposed to trying to get on a team that they're never, they're never going to be able to get on. Racism, white supremacy is never going to accept by racism. I agree. I must say that again. <laughs> Racism, <laughs> white supremacy is never going to accept biracial children. So if we're That's trying right. to create an army, be a general and create soldiers, you know, and people who are ready to fight this war and ready to take white racism, white supremacy on. But we need to teach our people, biracial or not, that you have to stick to your own. The times of us trying to, you know, Francis Wilson said in a video. It's, it's, it's funny that you said that because you, it's just. Let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. Oh, hold on. Francis Wilson said in a lecture one time. Frances Press Wilson said in a lecture one time, she said, how many white people do you know that are laying next to a black person right now in a relationship, in a interracial relationship? How many white people do you know that are working towards fighting this war that has been waged against black people? There really aren't any. So how can you no. choose to lay down with a person that's not going to stand by, side by side with you and fight a war that has been waged against you? That's suicide. Mm, wow, I never thought about it like that. But cause mm-hmm. the reason it's funny that you said that because in Japan, 96% of the people in Japan are Japanese. It's like they're homogeneous. Yes, they're smart. <laughs> and and the other thing that I would add to that is that, you know, Umar said something. He put something on my mind one day. He was talking about interracial relationships, and he was saying, you get involved with a with a white woman or with a white man. The system of racism, white supremacy is always going to protect the other party. So if you're a black man married to a white woman and she calls the police on you because of a domestic violence, disagreement, whatever, immediately mm, they true. are going to up. take her side. They're immediately going to take her side before yeah, any of the facts or anything. The system is going to protect them, the court system, 
all of the different entities of the United States society. Man, Holly Berry. We saw the we saw the film exactly. in Los Angeles last week. Hold on, brother. Hold on one second, brother. Give me one second, please. Let me finish my thought. We saw this last week with the the, the sister in Los Angeles, right? With right. the white boy, they called the, they called the police. Apparently, they was having sex in the car, what have you. And yeah. they released the audio of this particular altercation where the police was, you know, cozying up to the white dude. And the white dude is like, oh, you know, she's on this black and white thing. You know what I'm saying? She got to learn her lesson. Just threw her under the bus, totally switched up on her, you know? Yep. And yep. it was just comedy to them. You feel yep. me? So even yeah. our sisters that are running to these uh these new dynamics that have been introduced by way of mass media, you know, uh the scandal and all of these other shows that mm-hmm. you know, or just their psychology I'm period. New. It's not even the show it oh, puts yeah. them that way. They've been raised in this particular environment and they've been pushed towards that way and now that it's you know, they they've been given the signal like it's okay, we're just seeing more what has been part of their psychology. So, well, and you know, you know, I think black women, we we you know, we give too much, we put too much emphasis into material gain. Like the most, the most prominent and divine uh, gift is melanin. You know what I'm saying? And every time you mate with them, you weaken your melanin. So instead of going for that right now, you know, perhaps financial or societal gain, we need to start thinking in terms of God instead of just man this man, this particular man, and scandal, the thing that I tell everybody is that, you know, what we don't realize and what we don't talk about and the sisters who sit around and watch that, that show and have scandal parties, yes, she's his mistress, but there is a white homosexual couple who adopted a black baby on this show. The psychological impact of that on our people and on the people of the world is something that we are not talking about. I think that's one of the most dangerous aspects of that show, along with her being his mistress. Oh. I agree. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have an um, irritated genie as a guest come through, and um, he brings up a very interesting comparison of what we know as black sex and what he has identified as white aggression sex, okay? And, um, you know, the uh, Romanistic, uh, Greco-Roman origins of the way that they carry out their sexual nature. And what I I almost feel sorry for my sisters when I see them with a white dude because, you know, I know, you know, because of what I know what they're up against and, 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 you know, the way that these men deal with women and whatnot and their their sexual nature and whatnot, like, Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's just a success. Well, the history, their history, they have never been. We can trace, I, and I study European. I went on a binge one time and just was like studying all European history. Like these people really can't be the savage. Let me let me really really study this. Um, all throughout the annals of European history, the woman has always been treated and relegated to a second class position, not just second class. But in Rome and Greece, they almost, they hated the women. The only thing, the, the prominent role of women was to reproduce, to have children. And having a daughter and was, was like it. the biggest of, of, of all times. They wanted sons, but 
women were strictly to reproduce their seeds. So when these sisters get with these white men, I well, I'm telling you, I, I've heard so many stories of women talking about their men calling them niggers and, you know, them having to do. Look at Holly Berry, you know. It, well, he used to call me a nigger. And you stayed with him? Like, what part of the game is that? So, you know, it, 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 it's a thing of where we have to balance it out, you know, the the good versus the, the, the horrible. And then we're so out of touch with history. When I found out, you know, what happened to our grandmothers and our ancestors, what they did to our sisters, from Africa to all around the world, there is no way I could look at myself in the mirror and knowing that I'm that I'm sleeping with the ancestor of somebody who who took kidnapped my people and brought us over here in chains, or who came over here and took the land from our people. No way. Who raised? No way. Their grandmother. Yes, exactly. Never. But it goes back it goes back to what we were saying about programming. It goes back to what we were saying about the lack of uh, parental guidance in the household to pull our people away because any woman, any young woman, black woman who, you know, uh have watched what I call slavery porn, okay, from roots all the way up. You know, right. and you know the, the the slavery porn, all of these movies that instilled inferiority, the inferiority complex, the way they portrayed our women in these movies. Then if yep. you got into anything dealing with, you know, it, I mean, I'm sorry to say it, but if you were if you were um, a part of the '90s culture of hip hop, when you got into the Snoop Dogg, we don't let them hold N.W.A. era. You know, right. when you got into your too short era, you coming out of Oakland and whatnot, you coming out yeah. of that Fillmore Slim, you know, that, yeah. that too short, that pimp era, you know, you saw it firsthand, you know, that Iceberg right. Slim era, you know, mm-hmm. the the, uh, the demasculation of the black male and the uh, dehumanization of our sisters. And if you came up through the soap operas, and then when you came up, and, and it, it went from the soap operas into the daytime talk shows, Richard Bay, Ricky Lake, um, you know, Sally Jesse Raphael, uh, Maury Povich, and then we had the introduction of the boy, um, Jerry Springer, which introduced homosexuality, gang banging, and all of these other irresponsible behaviors that made it acceptable on a daytime, in the daytime, like when the sun was out. You know, and right. we, as a, we, we, our generation used to laugh at it. Cut school, we were drinking beer and shit and smoking and laughing at it. But we realized that our little brothers and our younger sisters and whatnot didn't know how to decipher, you know, scripted television from reality. That was their first glimpse of reality television. And then it went from um, daytime, it went from the daytime talks into reality television. Because remember, they started right. playing with reality television in subtle ways with all of these other, you know, with like, uh, the, you know, like. Ozzy Osbourne and you know all yeah. of these other stupid ass shows, and then it went full swing with Flavor, put your point with the Flavor Love and some other things. That right. then it went into what we now what we know now as uh, you know the dysfunctional black women shows. You know what I right. mean? Where you know there's no men involved in those shows. The men, Peter Thomas and all of them dudes, they just you know they just like. 
you know, they're like they're, they're like plot twists. They don't even factor in, you know, there's now two ounces of intelligence on any of those shows combined. Facts. Right. Like there's no right. conscious people at all. There's not, there's, there ain't even a conscious reasoning. The last conscious person I saw was a nigga on uh, Make the Band with the Ears, the Amin Ra dude. He used to play <laughs> at the piano and try to interject to shit, and they got rid of him. Right. So all I'm right. saying is, right. The indoctrination via the Bluetooth, via the TV. We're not even talking about the movies. We're not even getting to those other things. But it made, uh, it made, in the indoctrination of the King era, the, the integrational thing. Like the brother who just came on, he, he even questioned. He, he didn't even know that that shit was a curse. Like. There's people that's running around that's like, wait, I'm coming to the conclusion that maybe integration, like, damn, we're, we're, we're yeah. that far back. Like, we don't even know that that was the, the, the hoodwink. That was the bamboozle, yeah. you yep. know. Yep. And, and then, too, and like, too, you know, like, excuse me for cutting you off, but, you know, nah, I, I tell sisters all the time when I talk to women, you know, you talked about no men being on these reality TV shows. Yeah, there's not. It's only men trying to be women. So for women sitting up watching reality TV with your son right there in tow, watching, looking at this, thinking that this is what a man is supposed to be, you are creating suicide whether you realize it or not. And then the other thing is, and, you know, a brother told me when I, came in, when I came to Atlanta that Atlanta was the city of clones, right? So I, what mm-hmm. the question I have for sisters is are we really that naive and gullible that these people could start TV shows and project onto us what we are, what they want us to be, how they want us to act. Are we really that naive and that gullible? And then for all of our people, you know, they put a movie out called Colors, right? Mm-hmm. Next mm-hmm. thing you know, gangs pop up all over the country. Are we really that naive and that gullible as a people? And they simultaneously dropped semi-audience mm. weapons in different communities around the country at the same time that the movie pops off. Are we really that naive and gullible where they can just make a Hollywood movie like Boys in the Hood and New Jack City and Belly Impact? And mind you, you yes, mind you, those movies did play continuously on BT and other cable television stations. Right. Those were our coming of age movies. It goes back to what I was saying that Nobody has broken the cycle. We, I'm telling you, the the we the 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 um the cycle that was started in the 90s, the cycle that was started in the tunnel in New York City, the cycle that was started in the streets with the the Biggie and Jay Z era, it has never. It never changed. It's the same thing. The niggas are still wearing, they're still rapping about Gucci and Louie and all of this. It's the same. It's a loop, I promise you. Yep. That nothing has yep. changed since I came to Atlanta in 97. It, it, was a, it was the land of the clones then, and it's just been more clones. Niggas are just moving in, just cloning themselves. It is a <laughs> continual loop, I promise you. Nothing has changed. It's being challenged subtly by consciousness and other things, but it is a, it, it, it is a, it is a vicious cycle. And those were the yeah. coming of age movies. Remember, Boys in the Hood of Minute Society, the conscious people were killed off and it was clowned continuously through the right. movie. 
they they yep. bash consciousness because that was the last vestige of the golden era. That was the De La Soul, the brand new being a public enemy and all of that. Remember that each right. character was those they was representing them niggas and the old yep. girls and all of them was the NWAs and the Pacs and the gangster rap. Because remember they bastardized Pac. They didn't give you Pac revolutionary. They gave you Pac mm-hmm. media. Uh, 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 you know, um, at-risk youth, you know, um, totally thugged out, gun crazy. They never gave you Pac the Revolutionary. Why do we see unreleased tapes of this nigga speaking in, like, 03 now in right. 2014? Right. Why are they hiding these things? <laughs> Talk a revolution. You, you understand what I'm saying? Pac yeah. was hair. Yeah. Like, why, why, why do we just see a Pac all with an afro? We got, 30, we got 30 <laughs> albums, but they hit that. Right. Yep. You know, so we never. That's why I say it's time. It's movie time. It's too many. I see. I get upset when I see all of these conscious dudes with their cameras. You know what I mean? And niggas is like, "Yo, dude, I just graduated from this film school and I work for Spielberg." And it's like, really, homie? Like, you shouldn't even be telling me this stuff because it's just ticking me off. Because we we have the equipment, we got Mm -hmm. the talent. Niggas got money. All you, all these shoebox conscious dudes. You know what I'm saying? Like, what do y'all be doing? <laughs> I mean, real talk, man. And they out there. It's dudes with mad bread, and it's like, what are y'all doing? Why don't y'all help us? Why do y'all not putting right. nothing up? Like, we right. really got to get on some black hand, like drop squad stuff for y'all to stop paying attention to us because uh, we suffering. And, and niggas is just sitting by. This is a spectator sport. They got rookie cards of Jaja. They got rookie cards of the pills. Niggas got. They they doing fantasy football trades. They're going to bring Polite over to the Hebrews, and they trade inside <laughs> the cars. No, this is not a sport, family. Don't 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 treat us like we a sport. This is real right. life. We got children, and our lives is on the lines, man. This is real talk, and, we, and the days are ticking. We trying to get this thing sped up. I do a lot, not on a low budget. I'm God because I did what I did. I became a legend with no money. Hmm. I proved that I could do, I did monumental things with nothing. Not to say I came, when I had a lot of money, when I came from pockets full, bank rolls, you know, popping bottles and all of that stuff, all of that stuff that I spent money on, all of that stuff that I had disappeared. It it went away. I I can never account for it. It means nothing. It was a a mirage. It was a facade. My real impact is when I got into this conscious stuff and whatever spirit governs conscious that empties out your bank account and tears your clothes away, like Buddha and all of the messengers who came before us, the, the same fate that they had to endure, we endured it. And then you right. did miracles with nothing, that qualifies us, okay? That qualifies us to be who we say we are, all right? We did it with nothing, right. family. Like, I'm not, right. I'm not ashamed to say that. That's the right. real money is spiritual. Real the real money is the love of this inside of your heart that unfolds as you unfold and peel like an onion. But we ain't at that stage no more. We we got through all of that fire. Now we're at the <laughs> stage where it's building, it's nation time. It's time to create. Where's our coming of age of movie? Why niggas can't show a gang member turn conscious and take over the right. world? Why we can't show... America in 2020 the way that we want to see it. Screw everything else. I'm tired of watching Crackers in Space and a black person is a bartender or Billy D. No. Or nowhere. Or not in the movie at all. Yeah, not not in the movie at all. all. Niggas is green and all of that. Put us in space. (laughs) 
Yeah. Put us in space. Put us in the future. Put us back on Series B if that's where we came from. Put us in Kemet if that's where we came right. from. It's a lot of conscious rich dudes. They be coming on 125th Street. I'm like, where's our budget at? Talk to us, man. Right. And it's not right. just one person. It goes back to the Voltron thing. Stop asking me about one person. It, it, he ain't the answer. It's not one person. You got to yeah. be able to identify who's the creators and who's going to put in the work and let's get busy. The, and, right. and Josh is saying that. That's not just me. That's the mama saying it. That's right. I'm just relaying That's the right. message. Yes. You know? You know, yes. and we have enough I'm, collective wealth. Our sisters who have these, you know, 800 and 700 credits. I love y'all. I see you. <laughs> you know? We got these brothers who was in the military that went and killed all kind of people in the name of America. You know, we, we yeah. will atone with you. We were talking about that uh-huh. earlier. It wasn't even in the name of God, because they're saying God and country is separate, right? These people went and did that shit in the name of their country. So they Word. defied Fact. their religion. They defied their God and did it in the name of America. That's how powerful this country is. The shit right. has no spiritual base, and people still went None. and killed millions in the name of their country, which That's is a bad. corporation. Right, and receive no compensation for it whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Right, and it's all about. They said it's all about the Benjamins. They ain't come home and get no nice check. You know what I'm saying? They ain't put them up in the villa. They ain't do none of that. All for the name of this country. And yeah. the fucking president can't even play golf when he wants to. Real talk, like really consider this shit. And a few days mm-hmm. later, he has to go to war to write to put new money in the pocket of Wall Street bankers, the very very same people who a few days earlier told them, no, nigga, you can't play golf here. Think about that. Sad, man. Yeah. Okay, let's go to these callers, though, uh, Blue, because we still got these hands up. All right. No. We're going to go to caller from the 303 or 9. Peace. What's up? What's up? Uh, okay. that, 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 uh, Zaza, I heard you. Uh, actually, I didn't know you had your own blog talk going on. What was the number that I could uh, that contact information so I could tune into that? It's three four seven six three three. Not six three three nine six four four. Nine six four four. Um. You tried tuning in with my brother from the 720. Unfortunately, I don't know what this man was doing, but he was foolish to miss this topic, this conversation. I truly want to shift gears and get to a more optimistic uh, perspective. Truly, I feel like, personally, the blue pill, red pill, now I'm putting on the sister Zaza. I feel like, y'all are my elders. I'm 22 years old. Every time I get on YouTube or I got some quote-unquote conscious material, it seems to be this optimistic, or excuse me, pessimistic uh, perspective, as in, well, the white man did this, he did that. What are we going to do? And we can present all this information and come up with one premise, and we have these blog talk radios, we got all these minds together from all over the country, and we're always looking for some type of solution. And I know people out there, especially y'all on 125th Street, y'all doing the frontline work, you know, I haven't seen it in person, but I don't need to because this is what saved my life. So 
I'm a college student, and my question is, how can I minimize the intimidation factor that will play a part in my frontline work that I do in the Marcus Garvey Cultural Center? Because I'm out in Greeley, Colorado. So I got a lot of sisters and, uh, excuse me, it's all sisters in there. There's no black males whatsoever that come into this Marcus Garvey Cultural right. Center. Let me watch. Wow. So I actually was uh, lucky enough to meet with the editor-in-chief of our school paper, and we have a a section in the paper where we can list our opinions, and anybody in the school can do it, but nobody does it. So Mm. I'm a chronic reader, writer. I'm wondering what would be a good topic to – it has to be a maximum of 400 words. What do you think would be a good topic to display and document in this paper to show the people, because this is our servitude, well, my servitude, I could say. Wow. Um, well, the, are you? You said, how do we deal with the intimidation factor? Is are you tying that into the question as far as people being scared to to voice their opinion or what they're going through? That, as well as, like you said, this is a physical war. A lot of people don't understand the concept of blackness and what it consists of. Is more than just the color. So mm-hmm. when I can, when I get, I won't call it a rant or nothing, but when I get worked up in the cultural center, we get a topic, and I start speaking and giving these perspectives that they've never heard before, especially from a black man, it does become intimidating, even though they may be black women. So mm-hmm. I'm wondering how can I minimize that intimidation and make it more embracing and, uh, yeah, just a more embracing feel. Well, um, I I mean, I would say I I think visuals go a lot farther uh, when we're dealing with our people. Um, A lot of our people don't really know the whole entire history of what we've been through. I mean, even after slavery, you know, over 10,000 of our people were lynched in the early 1900s. I would find... um, documentaries and and Griff has an extensive uh, library of documentaries dealing with everything as far as our people are concerned. You can reach out to him if you need to, but there's also a lot of stuff on YouTube. Find those documentaries and that visual evidence, factual information that kind of builds up and shows the, the history because we don't have a connection a lot of us don't have that connection to the struggle that we've been through. We don't know the history, so we think, oh, that was just back then. you know. But if we can look at what happened in the early 1900s and then look at a video like what happened to Eric Garner, then we'll see that, no, this isn't just what happened in the early 1900s. It's still happening right now. So, I, you know, for me, I'm a history student. I love everything dealing with history. I always tie the present into history. I think that's one Um, method that you can take. And then, you know, you talked about being optimistic and there's so much, you know, negativity or pessimism. I think sometimes when when people hear these conversations, because we are dealing with the issues, we don't really hear the the sidebar conversation. I mean, we're we're talking about God body in certain elements of this conversation. You know what I'm saying? I'm on the line with God. I acknowledge that. I acknowledge the true wide awake black man and his power and the, the, the connection that he has to um, everything divine within the planet and within the universe. So 
when we drop those seeds in the conversations, in the YouTube videos, in the lectures, our people have to grab those and pick them up and take them and build on them. Because it's not that we're just coming together and talking about the issues, but, you know, we have to deal with the reality of our people. We can't get around it. But when we drop those jewels about where we come from, when we were at our greatness, the brothers talked about what they did to build their their business and, you know, the struggles and whatnot. We need our people to gravitate towards those things as well and pull those seeds and, and blossom them and grow them and take them out to to the to the masses of our people. So I say use history, use videos, um, find those rare videos that, you know, Griff has and some other people have that you may not be able to get a hold of. Use those to teach the lesson because history will tell a much better story than any of us ever could. True, true. Um Brother Blue or Red Tell, you don't have no uh, insight on this? Of course. Uh, one thing that I would do is, you know, I would begin to transcribe some of my, uh, some of your favorite shows who you, you know, you may listen to and you may feel that are on point. Uh, you may want to transcribe some videos that you see on YouTube. Um, my brother, Dr. Umar Johnson, Shaza, you know, either red or blue, which, you know, someone who you may see on Sinatra TV, House Consciousness. You know, there are different outlets that you can um, get this information. Take some of these transcripts, uh, the transcripts, and insert them in, this, in your paper and things of that nature. You know, and quote this, the, the teachers and whatnot, maybe even some quotes from Hidden Color. Yeah. The documentary, one, two, or three, you know, and, and, and begin to introduce, you know, you introduce these, these speakers into the psyche of your um, your student body and then encourage them to go onto YouTube and begin to do yeah. their research and whatnot. Or being that you're in college, I'm sure that you have access to, uh, you know, um, technology that can burn DVDs and whatnot. Just begin, you know, collecting uh Right. I'm playing a seed because the brother said he only has 400 words allocated to him to get this thought across, right? Mm-hmm. This is that's considered in the school of paper. That's for the, the topic of the school of paper. Uh, right. Everything, y'all just keep giving me the information. This is the God body. I'm going I'm to make it work. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. We got three minutes remaining to the live call family, 347637. Two one three five is the number you should call in. Three four seven six three seven two one three five. I would say this, right? As a journalist, I would give you a suggestion. My thing is, I want you to engage your audience's imagination, right? Mm-hmm. So you introduce your article as you playing none the wiser. I was on YouTube one day, and I was looking up X, Y, and Z, and in the sidebar. I saw a caption that captured my attention. I went onto this particular clip, you know, that was on the sidebar or what have you. I clicked on it, and for the first time in my life, I heard X, Y, and Z speaking about X, Y, and Z. And it moved me in a way in which I was able to, you know, open my mind and see things that I hadn't been exposed to before 
and now I have a different perspective in light of the current events that have been taking place in the media. You know, I will compel my younger brother and sisters that may have never heard this kind of information to check out X, Y, and Z. Because of this, I feel better and more optimistic towards my future because I know that knowledge is power. And then you go, of course, to the quote that a lot of people like to um, quote from Marcus Garvey, you know, and people perish from a lack of knowledge. Cool, cool, cool. This is all good, powerful information. I totally agree. I tuned in to Sarnetta TV yesterday. I know I don't have a lot of time left. I'm going to be quick. I'm on Sarnetta TV. Professor Smalls is going in. Yes, and, he's uh, going in. <laughs> oh, man. And he was uh, giving this concept of the African uh, perspective of God, man, woman, child. And I got three sisters in the room with me. And they're taking heed to this while they're doing their homework. I'm just listening to this. They're looking at me like, oh, man. It, it really did give them that perspective. So, the, And they were very intrigued by, you know, Sarnetta TV. And so you know, I really appreciate all the information that you guys have given to me. And uh, thank you for all that y'all do because y'all saving lives out here, literally. Well, and we also, salute you, brother. thank you, brother. We salute you. And also, you know, you can also um the option of bringing speakers to your school is um something that I need y'all, I need y'all well. there. I need y'all there. Well let's happen. Let's do it. It can happen. We don't like staying in New York all the time. Um what would be a safer route to give contact information? I know you ain't gonna list this over yeah. here. Take feel empowerment at gmail dot com. One more time. KCL as a no delay. KCL empowerment mm-hmm. at gmail dot com. Empowerment. Empowerment. E M. Yes. T O W E R M E N T at gmail dot com. Shoot us an email. We'll get back in contact with you, bro. But we could definitely make that happen, and we look forward to it. Oh, absolutely. Uh, my mission right now. What's up? And I want to let you know, brother, you know, the optimism is always there. You know what I'm saying? We are always speaking from a place of victory. You know, victory uh-huh. is ours. We will never lose sight of that. The fact that we have to address some of these situations and the fact that there might even be some stock value to attribute to our conversation doesn't negate the fact that we are in this only to win. There's no other option. Right. You know what I'm saying? So know that. Just know, even if you don't hear it, just know it at all times. You know? Absolutely. We're always Absolutely. engaging new and fresher thoughts, newer imagination. I know that all is mental, so that's what I go to sleep with on my mind, and that's what I wake up reminding myself every day, regardless of how it looks, <laughs> what happens, victory is ours. Right. Absolutely. Okay. My big Indeed. brother. Indeed. One more time, KTL Empowerment at Gmail. You got it. Yes, sir. Got it. Thank you. Salute, brother. Peace. All right, bro. Peace, Peace. brother. Okay. Let's go to the seven one eight. Seven one eight five seven six. Seven one eight. Peace.
Peace, Ashe. This is Brother Uray. Ashe to the red and sister Zaza. Peace, brother. It's beautiful what you're speaking on because you're speaking on the new manuscripts of unity. The way you are presenting what the gods and the goddesses have presented to you to give to the community is beautiful because I realize something here that's going to be vital to this whole uniting of our people and peoples that are in the proper mind state of our people is that you speak directly to the now. You do not use, um, you do not bring in your personal, how can I say, like quote unquote uh, ideologies, like uh, spiritual ideologies. You just deal in the present now, how can I say, problem and problem solving. Because I realized something, even if we unite, everyone brings in their ideologies. One might be Israelite, one might be Kemenite. For this thing to work, when these guys, when these people start letting off these guns, it's going to be about. The unity, it's not going to be about what your God believes or this guy's God believes. It's going to be about how can I relate to you on a level to where we can com- uh, fight this thing in combat on a, how can you say, on a layman's term level. You feel what I'm saying? You saw it in where, Ferguson. Yeah. You saw it in Ferguson. To where it's not like somebody becomes like, oh, well, the uh, quote-unquote uh, hood, the I'm just trying to make up some kind of organization. I just don't want to put direct titles to people. You feel what I'm saying? Become the victor of the, uh, of the uh, how can you say, the revolution. You feel what I'm saying? To where when, it, 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 when the revolution is actually at victory, it should be a unified front to where people keep all of their I can keep all of their religious or whatever type of beliefs that give them foundation and fundamentals to leave that aside and learn how to walk with the principles that you were supposed to use as a tool to develop a balance and adjust my uh, my uh, mind. You feel what I'm saying? Hopefully right. that makes sense. And you make perfect sense. To where you walk, if you believe that, quote, unquote, Jesus is your deity, you are supposed to take that book was only created for you to take it and learn and build principle and foundation and put the book down and go forward and write the next new manuscript to go forward to create proper unity. Because what's really holding us back as a people is that every, us as a people are differentiated in so many different branches, but when the guns go off, don't nobody jump up and say, forget being a Kemenite. Guess what? We, we, we carved into the core. So this is what we stand on right now. You, you right. feel what I'm saying in a sense? There's, 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 no, there's no manuscript to that. And I believe you are writing the manuscript as we speak right now. Because the way you presented it, if I was deaf, dumb, and blind, I would have a complete 100 ear to you because the way your vocal tone and the frequency you're giving it off, it's intriguing. You you don't sound like you're trying to bash somebody with well well this is well my God and this thing made me better so this is gonna make you better no you're dealing to the direct now and the crux of what is uh, ailing our people you feel what I'm saying right. and you're doing it in such a manner that, a manner that you're gonna start causing vortexes everywhere you go you feel what <laughs> I'm saying. It's, it's, you you got it. You you you're gonna have more sisters to come because that brother that was just on the line speaking about how all the sisters are awakening and paying attention. It's so, something major is gonna happen up next. I believe they 
the, the people that hate us this much even know because they use Mike Brown as the catalyst. Mm-hmm. Some dimensional pull is happening to where it's even yeah. I've been I've been trying to say something for like last week, but you're going into last week and this week right now because it's like they're throwing everything into a loop literally mentally. Mm-hmm. Uh uh fashion, technology, everything is looped it to like where the humanity is at a stump because individuals know that their time is finished. And the only thing they have left that they feel that they can reckon to get into whatever thing called heaven is to bide with nature. You feel what I'm saying? Because it's funny to me, I hate to go into a quick tangent, I've seen this thing about billionaires, these uber-rich people, and they've all spent money in all comedic islands, all islands of people of ethnicity. I'm talking about homes that cost $30 million dollars. People taking trips to Serengeti right with buffaloes having dinner. And I'm like, you got all of this money and all of this big money, and the people that you rape and rob, you come right back and have lunch right in the middle of the day birthright. Hmm. How dare you? But I'm I'm sorry to stop talking, but may the gods and the goddesses roll with you, sister, and may there be a militant force that rolls with you every time you go to speak so when somebody acts stupid, they could be put in a proper place. Oh man, brother, I you just—I say, you, you, man, you, you touched on so many things. I'm, I'm so thankful that you called. Um, I'm, I'm, I, like I always say, I'm, I'm not speaking to the choir. I'm trying to, I'm speaking to the deaf, dumb, and blind. If we have to, if we have to use that verbiage, and, um, you know, I tell people all the time, you can look at the planet, you can look at a map until that at one time continents were joined. This was all one landmass at one point. So, you know, I had a brother make a YouTube video and try to call me out. I don't know if he's a brother, Quantel Pro agent, what, but you're not, a, you're not a real African. And Malcolm X wasn't a real African along with some other people too, but you're not a real African. Well, I don't call myself an African. I don't. African exactly. is part of who I am. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I'm also a Muslim. I'm also a Moor. I'm also a Hebrew Israelite. I'm also a Christian. In the proper righteous sense of all of these terms, we take ownership of them because we know that they're all rooted in God in the most righteous sense. So, you know, you can tell when a person really knows who they are because they don't sit around and try to tell other people who they are. Exactly. When a person is around telling you no why are you calling yourself a moor you should be you're you're black or why are you saying you're black you should be a moor you don't really know who you are because if you did you wouldn't be trying to tell me who i am you would be showing me who you are so that i could see the best part of myself in you in you and that's exactly what you're doing sister the way you bring it is exactly see you you 1000 right there that is the perfect Don't drop the bomb for the sister. Let the 21 guns fall. Every time there's a powerful sister, don't drop the bomb. Let the guns go. Let the guns go. Let these people, it's, it's over. The warrior goddess is coming home. I see the thing on the, about the sisters in Uganda making a Pacific libation drink because Uganda is the home of a lot of libation. And I think it was called Warenge. And they make a type of uh, liquor out of uh, bananas and ferment. And 
is it's so funny that wherever you go in Uganda, the women are always in control of it. And the reporter was saying, well, why is it the women that are always running the, the, the Rurangi drinks? He said, hey, it's always known throughout our people. Women run everything. They run it. <laughs> and the woman that was, the, the sister that was making the drink was the soberest out of the whole camp. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she had the big bank roll. She had the big bank roll, and her and her and her speech was so articulate. She said, "See, you might go through Uganda and get different versions of this. People use different distills and have different toxic chemicals, but mine is pure and organic." I said, "Whoa, this sister on point. You think she in a little hut village being?" I got to say, <laughs> the damn reckoning is here. It's, I'm sorry, but let me stop talking. I'll say to you, sister, you got work to do, and I got to be quiet. I'll say, brother. I love I'll you. Say. Thank you so much for your call. All right. All right. Peace. Peace, my brother. <laughs> All right, we're going to take two more calls for the evening, with your permission, of course. Yes, sir. Indeed. Let's go to caller from the 909-292-909. Caller, peace. Peace, peace of BB48, my hotel. Hotel, brother. How you doing, Queen? This is our brother, Minko. I'm calling from um, Mona, California. Um, I've listened to the show. I want to make a few comments um, regarding some of the dialogue that we were discussing. Um, a man's intelligence is only heightened by the level of women he associates with. So that means that a woman will have far more of an influence and impact on a man than the latter. There are 20 million more women on the planet than men. In the game of chess, for example, the queen is the most powerful piece. She can go in any direction. Right. Yet she is not the most important. Why? Because if she was, she would destroy everything on the board because she has the power to do so. So why is the king, who can only move in one direction who's the most, you know, the weakest on the boat, why is he the most important? Because he's being protected by the queen. Mm. Look at the walls of Kemet, and you see the Sutton. You will always see him in the wings of the queen, in the protection of the queen, being overseen by the queen. Uh, regarding the brother that was making this comment with the sisters in Kenya, for example, in Nigeria, this is the African backup plan. This is what separates us from all other ethnic groups and races is our respect and worship of the woman, our, our woman. And, you know, she, we know not only is she our equal, but she surpasses us. She, twice as, uh, she lives twice as long as we do. I say that to say, can anyone tell me the last war America lost? The last yeah. war America lost? Yes. They lost all of them. They haven't won any. Vietnam. (laughs) My father is a Vietnam vet. And he said... My father is too. He said when he came back to America, he said he was more afraid and was more, you know, insecure about his well-being here than he was in Vietnam. It was the... It was us who created that atmosphere, who turned karma around. You see what I'm saying? Especially when Martin Luther King Jr., who's a pacifist, but when he mm-hmm. declared, you know, 
the injustice in that region, it turned all the way around. I say that to say that it go beyond race. What would, what would it be for us to engage in a race war and we look up and have the planet's destroyed? The problem with the world is borders and restriction. Nothing is free. That grass outside your lawn can't go past that sidewalk. The trees can't. We are in the concrete jungle, for example. In my opinion, to give us a spiritual, you know, upliftment, whoever rises to the occasion, whoever says we're going to liberate this planet from this alien tamahu, in my opinion, they will receive all the blessings of nature. Just like in the film Avatar, this created by a cracker, using science fiction to project their future based on the technology they have now, their aspirations, and then forecasting their future. And in that future, he's seen that they exhausted karma. They destroyed their mother. They were still, it was oil now, but in the movie, they were looking for another melanated resource. How could you sell? Brother, I, brother I, I have to ask you this question because, yes. and, I, and this happens a lot in dialogue. You yes, say this goes beyond race. This is about borders and restriction. But then you turn around and give proof that this is about race. What I mean when I say that is, meaning the Eurocentric agenda is total domination, as Dr. Clark says, without without any compromise and without any respect towards life, period. The water is being polluted. He's violating every one of the 42 laws of Ma'at, polluting the water, polluting the air. The whole earth is screaming. African people are the most in tune to nature. When you look at the African continent, for an example, you see us in various different settings, but we all engage in a respect for nature. The reason we exist in the context that we're in now is because he had to take us out of nature, take us an ocean. There's a reason why they took us an ocean away. You see what I'm saying? We are the defenders, the, the heroes of this planet, and not, it goes past human beings. It goes, because we're not the only forms of life on this planet. That's what I meant by that, Quinn. Oh, okay. So, you know, by us coming in the spirit of all life on this planet and using that as another, you know, not just for us being oppressed as, 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 as a melanated people, but I'm doing this for the for, 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 for the birds, doing this for the, the, the animals you got incarcerated in zoos, for, you know, when you walk down the street, uh, Tupac uh, made a, a nice analogy when he said uh, uh, the rose growing out of the concrete, for example. The, uh, one word I can give right. the brother who was talking from, uh, what do you say, from Utah? Indoor. Colorado, right. Yeah, Colorado, Colorado. The most, the, the most uh, uh, enduring characteristic that we have is endurance. And as long as we have melanin and as long as that sun is up, and we know the connection between the two. We have a future. Thank you. Mm. Okay. Thank you. Peace, brother. Malta. Peace, my brother. Okay. All right. We're going to take the last call. Let us go to caller from the 214 Hey. Peace. This is V uh, from Dallas, Texas. 
Um, I'm calling in. Um, I'm sorry. I really haven't get to uh, listen to the whole show. Um, I kind of tuned in kind of late, so I'm sorry if I'm being redundant about some things. Um, I really just want to say to a couple callers back to the young brother calling from Colorado, um, he needs to be appreciative of the women audience that he has because one thing I've noticed in this is we don't have a lot of sisters out here preaching and educating our, our younger youth. Um one thing I know that's a problem is that we don't have harmony between the brother and the sister, and that's one thing that we really do have to work on between our community for anything to work. Right. Excuse me. And um, also, I wanted to talk about uh, the brother that said race shouldn't be first. We have to think like Marcus Garvey in that, in that sense, that race has to be first. Because we yeah. don't have any uh, community amongst ourselves. How can we make anything else happen? Yeah, I agree. Um, I just wanted to, like, keep it short. Um, also, um, I was listening to your radio show yesterday, and I wanted to ask because I was calling in yesterday, is there any time that you're coming to the Dallas area? I know we will be in Houston in February, and we are probably going to try to set something up in this, around that same time to come to Dallas. So um, if you stay tuned to our show or, you know, one of our pages, the information will be there. But we do – Definitely, we've been contacted by several people in Dallas. We'll be in that area soon. Definitely, because um, I work in marketing, and I've been working in marketing in the white audience for quite some time now. And if anything, it's made me build businesses for more people in our community. And one thing that's hard is trust amongst ourselves. Uh, we don't seem to trust each other at all, especially when it comes to money. So if anything, we have to study our history in order to know that we, we that's who we are naturally. It's, it's to love and trust each other. If anything, loving so much is what got us in this problem today, trying to right. educate another person. So we have to understand our core and our nature and, and how to use our nature to help us and not to be against us, if anything, if that makes any sense. It makes perfect sense. And sometimes we're going to have to put in a little bit more work uh, with with our people who may have that kind of, you know, mentality that black people can't be trusted. You know, we may have to put in a little more extra work to 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 help them to see the bigger picture, to help them to see that they can trust, you know, all of our people are not shady or trying to hustle and get over. Um, you know, we trust, I, I said this before, we, we were talking about black economics, you know, we go sit in nail shops and, and listen to and Chinese talk bad about us. We spend our money with Arabs exactly. and they disrespect our culture. We go in white stores and they they follow us around and, you know, use security cameras to make sure that we're not stealing. So, you exactly. know, if you, can, if you can deal with that from other races and ethnicities, I think you could probably be a little bit more lenient on your own people when it comes exactly. to interaction. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And one thing I've noticed about the mindset in the South, like, I'm, I'm originally from New Orleans, and I'm my I'm father's Haitian. So um, I have a very international uh, upbringing. Um, mm-hmm. And when I, one thing I've noticed about uh, the South in general, the mindset of a lot of Southern blacks is they love the lifestyle that they've been given. Mm-hmm. They're, um, they're accepting it because they feel like that's the best that they can get. And, uh, and when I, I heard a brother on your show yesterday, uh, I think, oh, was it yesterday? I, I can't remember. I listen to so many of your shows, <laughs> but I know it was a brother calling from Dallas uh, not too long ago, and he made a comment about the intimidation that they do in the South. And I, I think about 
Texas does not air any of their dirty laundry. And um, I know for a fact, like I said, I work in marketing, and I can't say where, but the the area that I work in marketing, it, we do business internationally. And um, I, I know for a fact, I know so many things that get rubbed into the carpet out here in Dallas alone, um, uh-huh. especially like with deaths with our children and, and all that. And it's crazy because they don't understand their mindset because they don't get told they, it's, it's hidden from them. So they don't think they have that much to fear. You know, so they're comfortable with where they're at. They they don't understand that it can be better and that there is more um, to life in general. Because, you know, preaching to some people is like talking to a wall. So I'm not necessarily yeah. a preacher. <laughs> you know, I just make comments, you know, when right. things happen. And I see how people respond. And you can find out a lot about somebody's mindset just based on how they respond to something. So, you know, uh, sometimes you can't help everybody. And, you know, you can only do your best. You know, you can't force somebody to change their mindset. Right. And that's one thing I know a lot of people are out here preaching, 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 but a lot of times you have to do things and show black people. You know, like with economics, if we could get our like minds to actually act in the economic factor, they will have no choice but to follow us, the ones that are naysayers, you know. They will have yeah. no choice but to uh, go along with it because that's what they do anyways. You know, some yeah. people are just followers. So for the most part, they have to be shown. You can't just talk all the time. But, you know, that's all I, I called in to say. You know, I, I had to throw a little bit in from the other day because I was on hold the other day as well. <laughs> but um, that's all I wanted to call in. You know, I'll listen to y'all. Um, I'll be messaging you soon, Zaza. And also, um, what's your name, sir? I, like I said, I, I heard about you through Zaza's page, and I tuned in kind of late, and I'm going to listen to you, but I just want to know who I'm talking to. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is uh, the red pill and the blue pill. All right. All right. All right. And when, when is your show on? Tuesdays from 9 p.m. to midnight and Friday nights, same time as well. But you can All go right, to the archive. We got hundreds of shows in the archive. You know what I'm saying? Check us out. All right, brother, I will. All right, we appreciate you. All right, peace. Thank you, peace. All right, family, I think we actually lost Zaza. Zaza, are you there? Okay, that was her line that dropped. Yes, so that will be the conclusion of the show. We still do have some hands up in the call queue. I apologize to the callers that we haven't been able to get to you this time around. We do thank everybody that came through. Shout out to everybody that's going to hear this in the archive as well. Ray, do you have any parting words? Again, I want to reiterate, this was an excellent episode, an excellent demonstration. We definitely got the Blue. dialogue. Um, yeah. Blue, pick up on the 516, Zaza. Okay. Yes, sir. Give me one second. One second. My board is moving a little slow. There's mad hands up in the call queue. What should I say? There's a lot of callers in here. One second.
ahead. You have access to the uh, studio? Yes, I do. Give me a minute. I'll be in front of the studio. In the meantime, between time, give them the uh, the email address for the uh, the gifts and the donations for KTL Radio. Pierce at Gmail, P-M-O-O-R-P-H-E-U-S. That time is definitely here. You got to pay Block Talk, you know what I'm saying, for their... Uh, <laughs> His generosity, huh? You know, people to make this happen over at Blog Talk. They want their fee. They're like, you're over here free of mine, huh? Well, that shit ain't free. Pmorpheus at gmail.com. We also got uh, a donation site set up at patreon.com backslash KTL. That's P A T R E O N. It's set up like a membership site. You can pledge what you want, and it it it, it occurs on a monthly basis. It deducts a certain amount. And I understand that's how a lot of member-supported radio stations work. You know what I'm saying? I was listening to WPGO, the jazz station out here yesterday, and that's definitely how they do their fundraising and their member-supported radio, you know, so we would appreciate it if the family, you know, participates because we sit up on these shows and we talk a lot about what we need as a people and how unified things should be and what is being done and what does not being done. Peace, Sister Zaza. Peace. Yes, but when we have to do something as simple like support the things for which are there for you to give back to you, we don't even do that. You know what I'm saying? Right. And these are the same people that we're putting our necks on the line for, laying it down for, showing you that we have unconditional love for the family. You know what I'm saying? We go in the back. We take it to the town. You know what I'm saying? We take this devil to the mat. And if okay. you can't make a fiduciary contribution to that which has supplied so much to you, then we're talking about an issue of character at that point, and we really got to scratch our heads and be like, well, who exactly are we doing this for? You know what I'm saying? Right. Everybody's a revolutionary till it's time to cut the check. <laughs> people get, exactly. people start scattering. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and and we're like, talking about, you know, multiple people playing your part, which is a small part. Nobody got to pick up something. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Uh, the, the, the bill all, at, all, all in their own. You right. play your part. And, and right. this is what we're talking about on a smaller scale. We're talking about this on a national scale, on an international scale. So if you can't do the small thing, how are you going to show up for the big thing? Exactly. So this is just things, you know what I'm saying, that needs to be taken care of on those minute levels as a people that we got to get our act together, you know, and we got to prepare for the victory in which we want to see. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's, it's, it's definitely, you know, Sister said it's physical, but it's mental as well. You know, it gives me a mind like and seeing this thing for what it is, you know, and the physical will kick in. Right. So we're glad that we have you back here. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. I want to honor you by taking one more call because you are back real quick. All okay. Right, call up from the nine eight zero two one three. Peace. Call up from the nine eight zero. Peace. Guess not. All right. I guess a sister from Cat from Dallas. She she capped it off perfect. Right, you and know. peace to that queen too. I didn't get to uh, properly, you know, end that yes, conversation, indeed. but I felt your energy, sis. You might not be a preacher, but you're definitely a teacher. You keep doing your thing. <laughs> indeed, indeed. All right, another hand popped up. Uh, we're gonna go to the four one zero four two eight real quick. Peace. Salam alaikum. Salam. Hey, I just want to give props to the red and the blue. I just got turned on to this show maybe like four or five months ago in the same round, same time with uh, Zaza and Griff's blog talk. And I just, look, I never heard so many bombs in one night. I thought (laughs) Dr. Phil Valentine got so many bombs. But uh, it was just an awesome show. Me and my wife was sharing, talking about it. She's like, they still on? She was like, she was just coming home from work. And I'm, I'm on the plantation. I ain't done nothing. So, <laughs> look, I just want to thank y'all. This, this was the best show ever on Notre Dame. You, you, this is an instant classic. Yeah. You got to re- rewind this. You can take off a night blue and red and just run this back. Show <laughs> enough, uh, look forward to meeting you, Sister Zaza, on your book tour. Yes. Um, when you travel to Be More, um, we we looking forward to you. Me, my whole family, looking forward to meeting you. I, I look forward to it as well. I'll definitely be in Baltimore soon, and please give my best to your queen. Uh, thank you both for your support, and this this show has definitely been been an honor for me to be here. These brothers' energy, as well as the callers, um, has been just as beneficial for me as it has for the listeners. So thank you, brother, for that love. I, I appreciate you. Yes, ma'am. You're welcome, sister. Well deserved. Yeah. So I'm like them. Y'all have a great night. Well, I'm going to do some work. All right, get some work in. All right. <laughs> Yeah, you know, as you tour this country, you're going to run into some of the most beautifulest people. And um, I know they have it in abundance out there on the West Coast, but, you know, they do that thing kind of differently over here on the East. You know what I'm saying? It's a beautiful trek from one end to the next. And then even when you cross cross country, you know, you just got some beautiful, beautiful family out there. Right. And um, it's 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 gonna be a delight, you know, if they get to see a sister of your caliber come through there with a strong support system, such as Professor Griff, and I'm sure whoever else is gonna be on that tour, you know, saying representing. Right. Um, but definitely New York City is in the treat for this upcoming event that you have. Before we uh, disconnect, I just want you to plug that event one more time. Let the family know that you will be here very, very shortly, okay? Yes, sir. Uh, this coming Sunday, September 28th, that's next Sunday, myself. Not next Sunday. Uh, yes. Myself, Baruti, uh, the Irritated Genie, and Professor Griff, we will be dealing with the sixth sexual assault on our children. 
you measure people by its ability to protect its children. So uh, the question that I want to pose to the people in New York as well as all of us is what will history write of us uh, knowing the, the, the deplorable position and situation that most of our children are facing right now and how we play a part in that as well. So that's what I'm going to be dealing with as well as the other brothers on the on the um on the itinerary that night and then um that Sunday, September the twenty eighth at the National Black Theater in Harlem. And I definitely look forward to seeing you brothers there, but you can call three four seven four nine six one zero two two uh for more information on that event. And I just want to thank you again for having me. Um I was listening to your show way before you ever knew anything about me. So I'm definitely wow. a product of, of your knowledge and the information that you spread to the people. Keep up the God work, and um, I'll see you brothers in the street. Oh, that's such an honor. Indeed. Mm-hmm. I'm like, <laughs> I hope she was listening to the better shows. Man. <laughs> <laughs> it was and all good. I'm, 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 so Ten times more responsible. Like, wow. Okay. Yeah. I apologize for saying Jaja, like Jaja the boy. I know it's Zaza. You know what I'm saying? You can correct that. But okay. um, we're honored to have you as a guest once again. Uh, we're honored for the contribution that you and Griff are giving to the community. You are definitely bringing um, an energy and a level of intellect and a demonstration that we all need and we all are benefiting from. You know, and and you know, in our relationships as well as our scholarship is, you know, so as well as our friendship, you know, what I mean that we have what our better halves and whatnot. So continue the God work on your end, and you know, like you said, I see you in the streets. You know, what I'm saying because yes, we're definitely out here, and um, anything that we could do for anybody in your camp over on this side, just let us know. You know, what I mean, it yes, would definitely show up. Right. Yes, sir. All right, cool. No doubt. Peace to the listeners. Peace and love, brothers. I'll see y'all soon. Salute. All right. Salute. Peace. Hey. Hey. All right. Yeah. End it off. And what? Yeah, family. Uh, join us on. Let them know Tuesday, 9 p.m. Eastern, same bat time, same bat channel. I will be back. Absolutely. Salute, y'all. Hey, peace.